we doing? Awesome. Living the dream. Mate, clean, so good to hear. Clean socks. Bam, we're live. <laughs> clean clean socks, coffee, James Newberry, CB. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> uh, even I can sound that out. <laughs> Proud of you. Thank you. Uh, I just sent you the notes. Got them. You demand. God, you demand. Putting on my socks. Oh, the, look at I mean, I grabbed the, I grabbed my wife's socks. I got I'm wearing Lululemon socks. <laughs> How bougie of you. Yes, yes, yes. Good evening, guys. Glad you guys could all join us. Piling in. Good to see all you guys. James, dude. James, we've met you and I have never met, right? We've walked past each other a couple of times. Yes, I'm sure many times we've walked past each other. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 we've never formally met. No, no, we haven't. Yeah, I, I always thought that that was a bit of a trip because we were in the same space for. I mean, uh, you went to the games for the first time in 2016, but you've been you went to the regionals for the first time in 2012. Correct. And uh, CrossFit and James uh, are are synonymous for sure in Australia. Yeah. So it's it's cool. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you guys letting me on. I've been wanting to do this for such a long time. <laughs> oh, just... you the man. <laughs> and then uh, I got tagged. Someone sent me a message saying, hey, Savan was talking about you on the podcast. <laughs> whenever like, any, when I first started the podcast two years ago, whenever anyone would call with an Australian accent, I would always say, James, thank <laughs> you for calling in. What's the odd? And I would always pretend like it's you. Uh, I love it. I love it. No, it's, I'm, I'm really wrapped to be on here, guys. So I'm I'm, ex I'm excited for a, a good uh, a good chinwag. Cool. A ch good chinwag. I like that. I haven't heard that. I already learned something. Where <laughs> are you? What country are you in? I'm in Australia at the moment. Um, I'm on the Gold Coast. I've got, um, which is basically the middle of the East Coast, uh, right on the water. I'm about 200 meters from the beach and we've got the canal just down here. It's a It's a pretty cool spot. Yeah, that sounds like a good life. That's home for you. That's where you sleep at night and get shelter and have a, a refrigerator and stuff. Yeah, I've got a fridge here. Yep, and there's not much else. It's pretty much it's pretty basic. I've just got this couch because it was given to me. But aside from that, mate, I was here for the better part of six months with basically a fridge, a bed, a knife, a fork, a spoon, a plate, and a bowl, and that was pretty much it. So I, I like not having much, and I've got my whiteboards here, but that's about it. And why is that? Why do you like not having much? Um, because I love to travel around and I love to I love to move. I don't plan on moving anywhere from here because the Gold Coast is such a good spot. But I like having less things. I like doing things. I like meeting people, doing things and moving my body around. And I don't like having much stuff, if that makes sense, like minimalist stuff. Like I've got a bike. Like my bike is pretty good, but I like riding my bike. So I kind of lash out on the things that are good habits to have, like having a nice bike or, um, you know, having nice stuff to go, like nice shoes to run in or, um, you know, if it's a mountain downhill mountain bike, if I, if I get stuck into that or, or a surfboard, like I'll, I'll lash out and get a nice surfboard or a nice wetsuit. Things are going to, you know, aid me in the things that I actually like to do rather than just having things that will sit around here and never get used. I was thinking that it was um... – time consumption like basically like hey all i need is the pot i cook in a fork i'll i'll cook in this pot then i'll eat out of this pot and then that's all i have to wash and then i can get to what i really want to do which is a uh, bike yeah yeah well it does it does make your life so much more efficient and especially 
when you are in and out, and I'm in and out every every week, I'll probably travel interstate. I'll go to Sydney, I'll go to Melbourne, I'll be in Perth, back to Adelaide. Um, and I'm traveling around once a week. So if I've just got just the bare minimum stuff, I can get in and get out. And then, you know, it, it's very simple for me. Like it's, I'm, I'm, I would say productive rather than say busy, um, but I'm try to be as productive as I possibly can. And if I've got more things lying around here, then it's more, it's more stuff that I have to worry about. And it does, um, it does get you uh, procrastinating a lot. And I don't like to procrastinate. I like to just get stuff done. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, I've had phases in my life where you have a whole area, let's say a garage or an attic of stuff, and you spend two days of your life just moving it around. You don't actually do anything with it. You shuffle it. Camping yep. gear, stuff that you haven't used in 10 years that you're afraid to throw away. And there does become a point in your life, I think, if you're wise, that you just start ditching everything. Well, uh, funny you say that because this has happened to me a couple of times as well. And when I moved up here to the Gold Coast, I came from Adelaide um, and I was in Geelong in between there for about nine months. But when I did move, I got rid of so much stuff and it was such a weight off my shoulders. And I don't get really attached to anything, um, anything of like material um, presence. I kind of can see it go, doesn't bother me. Um, but there was one uh, podcast that I listened to and along the way it was talking about selling three items per week that you don't ever use. So go around the house, find these items that you haven't touched in 12 months and chuck them up on Gumtree or I'm not sure what you have over there, Trading Post or something like that or eBay and sell them. And you can be like ticking over and making like an extra $100, $150 a week for stuff that you haven't even touched in 18 months time. And then you also declutter your house and you're more concise with the things that you have in the house and you're just more efficient day to day. It's just a, it's like, taking up the weight off the ankles, uh, in a sense. Yeah. You do ditch a lot of clothes. Well, yes, I donate all my clothes. So usually I take it to the gym and I'll say to the gym, Hey, check this out. Um, take what you want, whatever doesn't get taken from here. I'll take down and I'll donate to the local St. Vinnie's or something like that. Um, or a local shelter and they can, they can take them and do what they will with them. Yeah. You get more shirts than you know what to do with, huh? Yeah, exactly. And especially when you're, either with a sponsorship um, you'll get given like the new season stuff. So you're always getting new stuff and I don't like to see it go to waste. So I always make sure that I don't, if I get offered, Hey, do you want this new thing? Um, and if I don't need it or it's not required for say like a shoot or something like that, I'll usually, I'll usually say no because you know, waste not want not. I don't want to waste anything. Um, totally. But if I do have stuff, I try and get it out as well. So my cupboard's not full of, full of things that aren't going to get worn. it's interesting, right? That's an interesting dynamic. You go visit a, uh, let's say you go visit a box and you train there and they give you a shirt and you know, they, they give you the shirt and you, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, you know, as soon as you see the shirt, you're never going to wear it. But if you don't take it, you, you You seem like an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, I feel like it's some, I don't, I'm just making this up. It seems like it's some like, sort of like, you know, like Asians, uh, I think Japanese people, when they hand you something, they hand it to you with two hands. There's like a formality and like, you're, you're in, not that I care about insulting someone, but I want to allow people to fulfill their destiny too. So they're giving you this thing. Right. And you want to, you want to allow them to live out what they need to live out. Yeah. I'm not, it's, it's weird. So I usually I, take it and then just immediately find a friend like, yeah, hey, I got this yeah. dope shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's awesome. Like I do feel the same. Like I, I do agree with you so much as you, you want to, you want them to feel, you want to feel that like the gratitude of them giving you this gift and you want to 
you want to take them up on it, but also you don't want to be wasteful. So um, yeah, it's a bit of both, but yeah, I, I do have, luckily I do travel around to a lot of boxes and um, I'm getting better at better at saying, Hey, look, I don't want to waste it. I want to wear it, but I also don't want to waste it. And I might wear it once. So don't waste it on me. Give it to the next person. Or, or if I do get stuff, I do give it either to my brothers or give it to the, the other local gyms that I go around to. Like, you know, I'm, I'm with a company now that, you know, is super generous with clothing. And if it's going to get wasted, I'll make sure I get, get it donated or give it to somebody who's going to. Hey, listen, you know, I'm not going to be able to give this shirt to anyone with more than 10,000 followers. It's a complete waste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah true. extra extra sloppy 9.99 as a normal affiliate member that there's nothing normal about any of the listeners but nice try it was always uh it always means a lot when prominent figures in the space such as you james participate at affiliates newberry is the man pump you have them on oh that's nice thanks for that Appreciate I, wonder if, it. I wonder if this person's australian extra sloppy Oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, I actually came from a box this morning. I went down and I coached the class at a gym in Brisbane, which is about an hour from here. Um, and yeah, it was mega. I met a bunch of cool people and I did the same thing in Sydney yesterday. I got back from Sydney last night. So I'm visiting a new gym at least once a week. Why? Um, well, number one, so I, I used to own a gym in Adelaide and I coached a lot. Um, for the better part of 10 years. Um, the last probably handful of years, I didn't coach as much because I was getting prepped for the games and things like that. And I wanted to, you know, reserve all my energy for training. Um, but nowadays, it lets me get back into coaching a class from time to time, but it's not on a schedule. I can just pick and choose when I want to do them, which is great. And then um, I also am taste testing one of my new products too. So I, I punch in and teach an hour class, teach them CrossFit. And then I also talk about my new product, my new business. So it uh, kind of does a, a double up there and I get to do the best of both things. So t tell me about this new product. And so basically you'll call a gym and be like, Hey, this is James. I'd like to come in and um, share some of my product with your members. And I'll even, I'll even teach a class. And they're like, really? That's awesome. Come on in. And then, so you, you make some drinks and, and, and put, and put them through a workout. Yeah, that's exactly right. So if they that's like cool. typically, if, yeah, if, if someone wanted me to go down and say, just run a workshop, I could go down and run a workshop and it would be, you know, a particular amount or I'll say, hey, look, I'll run the workshop for free. I'll coach a class. I'll talk about lifestyle, nutrition. I'll talk about performance, things that I've implemented into my lifestyle to boost performance, get ready for the CrossFit games, give some insight into that, open up a QA. and a um, But I want to be able to do a taste testing for your members. And if you would like to take the product on and sell it inside your box, then I'll be able to set that up too at the same time. Is the goal uh, one box a week? Are you going to do this for a year? 52 boxes, 52 weeks? I want, well, I'm actually doing a little bit more than that. The aim was to do um, 300 over the next two years. Yeah. Oh, you're a beast. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Will you work? So that means uh, some two a days, like morning and evening, or yes, yeah, so that means some two a days, right? Yeah, so I'm basically at the moment, so over the course of, say, a two-year period, I'd have to be visiting a few um, each week. But for instance, the last three days in Sydney, I visited three gyms, well, or four gyms whilst I was there over a two-day period. So I'm busting out a few and I've got, I had one this morning. I've got another one tomorrow morning. Um, so this week I'm doing like six. Are you liking that? I love it. I love it. The thing that's really firing me up at the moment, and I'm, I guess I'm going from a background of, all in on training, CrossFit, laser focus, nothing gets in the way of it. And I've just redirected my focus to all in focused on this business, which I absolutely love. 
And I'm waking up every day early in the morning. Like I get up at same time every day, just before 4.30. And I'm so pumped to get out of bed to get after it. And I'm really enjoying at the moment going in, doing my 5.30 a.m. class, which is how I train these days. I do classes. I don't do extracurricular programming outside of that. Um, I'll run on the weekend and I might sprint once a week and then I'll ride my bike whenever it's convenient. Um, And then I will basically bust in and try and go out and meet people. So I'm having just, you know, what's firing me up is meeting people, networking, meeting people, saying g'day and, you know, just sharing some knowledge that I picked up over the last decade of competing. And then also, yeah, just having a blast, just getting around. I love travel, hate planes, but I love travel. So I'm kind of mixing all the things that I enjoy. And so every day I wake up and I'm stoked. You just jump in a car, you're driving. Yeah, I'll either drive. So last weekend, I drove about three and a half hours south, visited a, a local CrossFit gym on the coast where my grandparents live. So I got to see my grandparents, stopped in at a couple of supplement stores, and then also dropped into the local box down in Sortel. Um, and yeah, did a class with those guys. I actually just jumped in and just said, hey, can I just jump in and participate in class? And I was just like stoked. And, but, and no flying. You're avoiding flying. Me- well, I do, I do fly a fair bit. I fly mostly every week, but oh. I prefer not to. I prefer yeah, me not too. to, but I don't like it that much. You, within Australia, you fly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like to get anywhere in Australia, um, like to go, to go from Gold Coast to, say, Sydney is a, an hour flight. From Sydney to Melbourne is another hour flight. At, uh, Melbourne to Adelaide is another hour flight. So, everywhere is at least a couple of hours and then if we want to go from here over to the west coast it's like six hours oh god god yeah. that's like the united states i'm done flying yeah it's not i don't know bad. i don't know what happened to me i used to fly every weekend I, i'm done flying yeah it'll i'll get to that point too how old are you james 32 and, and what's the product um that you're is it your product yeah 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 it's my product it's um so um Maybe, oh, what date was it? The 16th of October last year, I launched a company uh, with my naturopath called Fiber. And we started out with our first product was a plant-based protein. So spell, it spell it for me. P-H-Y-B-A. Okay. And I wanted to create, that's the one. And I wanted to create a, a plant-based protein that covered a few things, um, a few key benefits. Uh, I kept getting asked as a, as a plant-based athlete myself, I kept getting asked, oh, where do you get your protein from? And I'd always say, you know, tofu, tempeh, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, all that type of stuff. But I also said, I'm a massive fan of smoothies. And they're just like, oh, what type of protein do you use? And I was like, I never was, I never could quite tell, give someone, hey, I really love this protein. It's like, hey, I use this one, but it kind of sucks about this and this is not so good about it. So ended up creating a protein that I actually really love and like and can be and can talk passionately about. So I ended up just creating my own. And um, yeah, I'm pretty stoked with how it's turned out. It's it's a it's a really funky mix of, you know, four different protein blends, but it uh, is super smooth. Typically plant protein is a bit chalky, but it's smooth. It tastes great, has a complete amino acid profile, and it also has a really cool postbiotic blend in there too to help the guts. So yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it. You know what I just learned, James, it was tripping me out. Um gorillas yeah that that they're not actually getting their nutrition from the food they eat yeah i saw this i think i saw this little snippet of a podcast talking about this it's the bacteria eats the food they eat then shits in their stomach and that's the gorilla's food i was like that i was like that is that is incredible yeah, so that's a really that's a really interesting and insightful topic to talk about. That fermentation process on the inside of the gut. So we have 
as you guys probably know, we have specific bacteria on the inside of our stomach. Some people have maybe a thousand species. Other people might have 500. Some people have more or less, depending on, you know, um, you know what your parent, like it's also due to what was put in there at the start. Also, if you've run antibiotic cycles throughout your life as well, you probably killed off a few species of bacteria at the same time. But we do have, a lot of people talk about, well, gorillas, they don't eat, they don't eat meat or animal products and look how strong they are. But there is a difference here. They have a, a wide variety of different bacteria that we don't have. They can produce a bunch of different things that we can't produce. But in saying that, it also is a really cool topic to talk about because what you're talking about, those bacteria that basically shit out the things that they need, all of those are the cool postbiotics that we're talking about and the postbiotic materials stuff that does all the wonderful things inside the body. So that's what we love to emphasize. We're, we're fanatics for postbiotics. Yeah, that the, and what rekindled me thinking about that is I watched a podcast with you and that cat that's um, I don't know if he's your business partner, but the, he's got like a fro. Yeah, Maddie. Yeah. So he was talking about that with you. And I started tripping because we had another guy on here. His body was insane. Uh, he was a jujitsu practitioner. I can't remember his name. He was one of Dana White's friends from growing up. Do you remember that guy's name, Caleb? Yeah, I can't remember his name either. Anyway, he, he said he, body. He, his body was insane. And he only ate with one goal in mind. Gut health. Yeah. And, and and I've heard like, you know, um, uh, just slight rumblings of that, like from my wife now and again, like the importance of gut health. And and she has some shit in the fridge. Right. And like <laughs> and the kids have to drink some shit every once in a while from Whole Foods, you know, and it's got like thirty seven billion, you know, and I'm just like looking at these giant numbers of shit. It's gotten it. I'm like, fuck. I, and I just throw one down occasionally. Yeah. Um, but that guy was that guy was touching on that. And I was like, wow, maybe there maybe there's. I mean, that guy in your podcast was attributing everything to it. Yeah. Like basically you could be doing everything perfect, but if you don't have the bacteria in your gut to process all these perfect things, then, then it can't be utilized. Are we really like, so we got a little gorilla in us. I guess that's no well, surprise. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is um, this is what we're learning more and more recently is that you might have say, so, so what we've, what we've kind of come to the conclusion of nowadays is the more diverse the species in the gut microbiome, the more chance you have of creating all these really cool postbiotic compounds that are going to add to your health and wellness and longevity. So if we have a very diverse gut microbiome with lots of species, and we also consume a varied diet with lots of colors, pigments, fragrances, and we can add them in. So we're getting a ton of really cool prebiotic material, prebiotic fibers. We're also going to be feeding those gut microbes and each one of those gut microbes might be producing a different type of postbiotic material or postbiotic compound. And those compounds are the things that, you know, might decrease inflammation or feed the bacteria on the gut lining or might, you know, send signals to create satellite cells to help increase muscle growth. They're doing all the really cool things. Is that, that really keep- true? Is what you're saying true or is it speculative? No, it's true. It's, it's true. true. These are facts. These are facts. Yeah. So, so- and mood and mood too, right? And it goes, yes, and mood, and it goes both ways. So you might have a beautiful diet filled with great quality macronutrients, great quality micronutrients. You might be getting all the phytochemicals, all the good stuff. But then you might work in a job that is super stressful, doesn't make you happy, doesn't make you feel fulfilled. You're constantly sitting in that fight or flight state, and that'll just wreak havoc on your guts. And if you're in that state all the time, 
all the good food that you're eating and all the good gut microbes that you might have present in your gut might just be going to waste because you're in a situation of constant stress and you're feeling unfulfilled on a regular basis. So this is a holistic approach that we're talking about is that we want to try and be fulfilled with our nutrition, our sleep, our recovery, our lifestyle, the people we hang around, the social settings that we're in, but also making sure that we're supplying ourselves with things that make us feel fulfilled and happy and excited. Um, yeah. Crazy, right? Look at that pussy vegan. <laughs> My God, that is nuts right there. That's uh PED accusations. Look at your lats there. That is ridiculous. Oh, it's so funny. I've actually had someone comment on there saying he's definitely on the gear. I'm just like, I don't know what gear you're even talking about. Well, you know what, you know what you're kind of proof of is you have this, you have the, uh, do you remember Pat Barber? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, have I the Pat that. Barber phenomenon going for sure. You, um, the difference between you when you step into a gym from when you step out is crazy. I was looking at like fit picture. You look like almost like just a normal, like skater dude when you walk into a gym, and when you yeah. get pumped up, you are crazy looking. Yeah, I think the lighting in this photo is just really good to be honest. Because I look at it and go, "Holy shit, do I normally look like that all the time, or what?" It's a lot um, of meat on your back, dude. That is a lot yeah. of meat. I've done a lot of I've done a lot of pull-ups in my day. <laughs> hey, you know how guys like side boob? I wonder if girls like side lat cuz I love the fact no. that you can see your lats from the front is is pretty fucking cool. I had someone comment the other day and I was like, "Hey, what's your most uh attractive feature about a a male?" And she said to me, "Lat." Yeah. L- love to I, see lat. <laughs> I and, love a lat. But on top of Pat Barb talking about Pat Barber, Pat Barber run my, ran my level one that I partook in in 2011. Wow. He ran it. Hey, th- doesn't that speak volumes of this community and this kind of this company? And where like even the people I kind of like hate, I kind of love them too. They're like my <laughs> brothers and sisters. Like I would do shit for them. Like if yeah. they called me and were like, hey, I got a flat tire. Like I in the middle of the night, I'd go help them. Oh, yeah. 100%. Even yeah, though I can't stand you, I just feel like I, I really, it's not that I can. It's not really that I can't stand you. It's it's like it's like it just feels like high school. Even the people I didn't like in high school, like if I ran into you now, I'd be like, oh my God, so good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And and, oh, and so it's like that, right? And it's like that because we're all so connected. Pat Barber yeah. lives down the street from me. Pat Barber lives eight miles from me. Oh, <laughs> you yeah, you know what I mean? It's like it's crazy. That's classic. That's classic. Uh, grumpy, uh, grumpy dad. 14, uh, 1499. Why, why, um, why, uh, thank you, by the way, I love money. That money's so cool. It uh, uh, allows me to purchase other human beings energy. Thank you. Um, why, why prior to 430? Why not at 430? You said you get up pr- just prior to 430. Because it's the precise, I get up at 427 is when I set my alarm. Okay. Um, but it gives me the precise amount of time to get up, do my exact same routine each morning before I leave the house. And I probably get up and I can get from the point at which I get out of bed and leave the door. I get a couple of things done, go to the bathroom. I get hydrated. So I have some water. I get dressed, grab my stuff and then go down to the local cafe. And I can get there to be the first one to order coffee because there's a local cafe that opens at 5am here every morning, seven days a week, 365. And it gets me first in line. So I don't have to wait. And so, and, and, and those three minutes are, are important. Cause then I get to the cafe at exactly four fifty-five, and then I'm beat the rush at five o'clock. Okay. And, um, do you get stressed out if something happens that knocks that off? 
Or do you I, accept it? Yeah, I, yes, yes. I, I don't try and get too stressed about it, but yes, it does. It makes me think to myself, how am I going to avoid this next time? How do I avoid this happening again? And typically because I need to, I like to get a little bit of work done before I go to the 5.30 a.m. class. And if I have to wait 10 minutes, I don't have enough time to get my socials done. So typically what I do before the 5.30 class is I'll do my personal socials and my replies because I get back to every single reply that comes through my DMs. And then same thing for Fiverr. And then I also upload a reel of some description or a post for Fiverr first thing in the morning. Um, and if that real thing takes me longer, then I'm out of whack. And if I don't get it done before the 5.30 a.m. class, I'm a little stressed. Like if you took a fat ass shit when you woke up and then the toilet had to be plunged and then the oh. plunger has to be dealt with. Now you've lost like three minutes. I wouldn't. I, I would just leave. I would. <laughs> That's what I do, too. But I got a wife who will plunge that shit. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I would, I would just leave the house and I would save it for later. My house at the moment is a mess because I have been running in and running out for the last week. And I just, every like two weeks, I have a, a, a lady that comes in, her name's Sarah, and she'll do, she'll female the house. She'll go around and she'll do, and I don't want that to sound sexist. Oh, dude, way. too late. That was so sexist and I loved it. I'm perfectly uh, okay with it. It's totally uh, I, sexist. Yes. And when I walk in and I just say, Sarah, Holy I'm so shit. sorry. Yeah. This place is even vegans are sexist people. You heard it here first. Oh, uh, she just does such a good job at organizing, and it's just so unlike me. Like, I do like things organized, but when I come in and out, it's just it's it's manic. And I just said, Can you just please just add a touch to it? And she just says, Of course, and she just does such a good job for it. And um, so every two weeks I usually need to get that done. So I do run in, dump stuff, and then run straight back out. But um, yeah, no, I love having her come over. What what um you're telling me that you get up at 427 and that you're able to actually answer all of your DMs and post something to Instagram before the 5.30 a.m. class starts. Yes. Wow, yeah. that's that's really first thing. Yeah. That's yeah. really impressive. I mean, you have to be you have to be diligent because I work so hard to respond to DMs. And it is, it is a, um, and, and I, and I have, uh, I have, I lose more, you lose and gain more followers in a day than I have followers. And it's, it's fucking crazy. The DMS are a complete fucking disaster. Khan Porter was telling me that it's a superpower of mine. Yeah. Well, it must be one. It's one of my superpowers because he's like, I just can't keep up with mine. And I was, I was like, well, like his, a, you know what his is. His is just dick pics galore. <laughs> It is, it is. And it he really probably is. spends five minutes looking at each one. I only spend two <laughs> minutes looking at the dick pics. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it, it is it is relent it's a relentless task, but it's not a it's not a, a punish of a task. I actually quite enjoy it because number one, I never know who I'm gonna meet through my DMs and it could be could be a friend that I don't know about that's gonna just be a, a great friend for the rest of my life. It could be a business opportunity, it could be a race that might give me a really cool memory that might come up out of it, or it could be a competition that I don't know about. And these days, all I want to do is meet lots of cool people, bank tons of cool memories, and I want to do just some really cool shit all the time. So one of my goals this year, and this is so unrelated to like sport or business, but I just wanted to get my skydiving ticket so I could go solo skydive. So I booked into that. I'm doing it in like eight weeks time. 
Oh, I saw you. You went skydiving. Well, that's a good segue. I promise I w- this is the f- last time I'll, I'll bring up your penis. There is, <laughs> or maybe there'll be one other time. There's, there's a skydiving photo of you. Uh, you're in a banana hammock, and your, your cock and balls are actually hanging over mm. the uh, front of the strap. The, uh, Caleb, there is a link in there for that. Ah, yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> hey, is that con behind you? Nah, that's actually the fella. His name is Pappy, actually. <laughs> what what what's he doing? Where is he? I'm like, is there a mirror back there? How is there? What's going on back there? <laughs> He's actually making sure that the the kite that we flew down on isn't getting tangled up. But we just landed about ten seconds before that. And he and you were strapped to each other. We were strapped very closely to each other. Yes. And so you're doing a certain amount of jumps. So there we were doing this just for fun because that uh, banana hammock you were referencing there is a, actually a, a product that Khan and I came up with. Um, it's, a, it's a new line of swimwear called La Boys. And I said, this would be a great opportunity for us to go skydive, ride it off on tax, use it as a tax expense and go skydive and do it in La Boys and also create some hype for Miami. That was Waterpalooza actually. We did that in Miami. Oh, that's it's it's pretty awesome. And so, so what are you trying to do? You're trying to make it so that you can jump out of planes without anyone attached to you. That you're trying to get some sort of certification. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's cool. In um, you guys heard of Byron Bay? Yes. Yeah. So I'll be heading down to Byron Bay in in June. Uh, sorry, July, July with uh my best mate from high school. We've been talking about it for years. Um, yeah, he's been my best mate forever and ever. And uh, he also loves to. He loves all this stuff. And we're going to go down into Byron Bay. We're going to go to a place called the Drop Zone. And we're going to learn how to skydive. So we'll be able to skydive anywhere in the world solo. Oh, I think I've seen the – is it Drop, it's one of the, Drop Zone's one of those buildings where they have air blowing up from the bottom and you fl- float around in there? Uh, it, it's actually – it's going to be – I think they just take you up. I think you do one or two tandem jumps. And then they just say, hey, you do some theory. And then they just get you to jump out the plane and you just figure it out as you go. <laughs> Oh shit! Awesome. Okay. Nah, you don't figure it out as you go. You do a lot of theory and stuff, but I think it's a four-day course. So you go down there, you do a four-day course or a five-day course, depending on how quick you pick it up. I think, and I think you do roughly fifteen to twenty jumps, and by the end of it, you get your ticket to say that you're competent enough to jump out of a plane. Um. What? Uh. Michael C. Wow. Caleb, is that you? <laughs> yeah. There's been another, there's been a couple of these popping up lately. Oh my god, <laughs> that is classic, I dude. Love that it. doesn't even look like you. Did they? The uh, Professor Caleb, sure. uh, Michael C. What hurt worse, a mountain bike accident or when you sold your soul on the assault bike at the games? Oh, the aftermath of the games workout for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to get to that, Michael. I will circle back to the uh, mountain biking accident. Give me um, one second. Uh, James uh, needs a CEO shirt. I oh, nice CEO shirt. Wow, you look like a drug kingpin. Look at Josh. I will um, ask him after the show if he would like one, so that he can gently tell me yes or no, uh, and, and so so I'm not offended. How's that? I'll do it. But thank you, Josh, for the uh, reminder. Okay, so. Um, Another interesting thing is this sprinting thing. Mm. You're 32 years old and you're still sprinting. And what's interesting about that is sprinting is actually the the secret to the James Newberry 
athletic career that was instilled in him at a very, very young age, correct? And, yeah, and, you, and you're not letting it go. So when you supplement your training, you're still acting like the four-year-old. It worked when you were four and or eight or whatever, and you're still doing it. Yeah, hundred percent. No, you're 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 pinpoint. And that photo that um, was just brought up before, that one was uh, in the thick of. I, I want to say it was about four or five months of dedicated sprint work and lifting. I was actually getting prepared for. Oh, the one with the all the lats showing. Yeah. So that was. That was right before I went away, I believe, uh, to uh, to Germany to bobsled. So at the time there, my training looked only like sprinting three times a week. Sometimes, yeah, three times a week sprinting. And I think I was doing five weightlifting sessions, and it was a mix of Olympic lifting and powerlifting. So that was pretty much all I was doing, um, and that was right before then. So I was getting a ton. Of benefits from the sprint work like one of the best ways to build power outside of the gym and then i was just full on just lifting and eating so that was kind of that point in time tell me about um tell me about how you started sprinting and what what that looks like sprinting can you tell me about your early sprinting how it how it was introduced to you it was introduced to me i was at primary school i'm not sure what you call it over there but primary school i was about five years old and you'd go out to lunch and at lunchtime, you had to stay on the bitumen, um, like the concreted area, and you couldn't go out onto the oval until you'd finished your food. And you were given about 15 minutes to finish your food. And then there was a, a siren after the 15-minute mark, and all the kids would line up along this bitumen pathway. And one of the teachers, as soon as the siren would go off, they would count it down on their watch, and then it'd be a sprint to the opposite end of the, the oval. So every, every lunch, we had a sprint race. It was kind of cool. And so, <laughs> <laughs> look, Caleb, for the Americans. Uh, wow, viscous. Uh, bitumen is a black viscous mixture of hydrocarbons obtained naturally or as a residue. I think, we, what do we call that? Asphalt, right? As- yeah, yeah, that's black it. Asphalt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. you basically had to stay on there and it was a race. So, and I never won this race. And I got always fired up about not winning this race across the over. And you were racing kids older than you and all that type of stuff. But then I'd always say to my brother, Josh, who was only 11 months older than me, let's race, let's race, let's race. And I always got hooked on sprinting and racing. And then eventually my dad um, took me down to, when I realized I was no good at soccer, um, my dad took me down to Little Athletics, which was like, I don't know what you guys call it in the States. You guys call it track, and track, right? Um, but for the kids. So we call it Little A's, Little Athletics. And um, went down and did that. Wasn't very good to start with. But then I came back the second week. I didn't want to go back. I got flogged. I was like, I came last in all my races. I came last in the 70 meter sprint because that's what we were in the first week. So we had an A week and a B week and A week you would do a certain amount of movements. I think you'd do five events and then B week you do the other five movements of track and field. And I was coming last in, in these races. I think we did a 70 meter sprint and we did a 200 meter sprint and came last in both sucked at it. Didn't want to go back, hated it. And then dad convinced me to go back the next week and I actually had How did he convince you to go back? He said, I think you'll like it if you give it one more shot. I think you need to give it more time. And he said, the other, the, like my other brothers and sisters, because I'm one of five, I've got uh, four other siblings, um, and they all wanted to go back. I didn't want to go back because I didn't do very well. And he said, Look, I think you should give it another shot. He goes, You're really good at the shot put. He goes, I think you have, you know, got some really good um, uh, jumping ability. You'll be, better, you'll be better at the other jumping events next week. And I was like, oh, okay, I just don't want to do the sprinting. I don't want to do the sprinting. I'm going to come last again. 
anyway. Why I didn't went... you tell your dad to eat a dick? You trust your dad? You loved your dad? <laughs> yeah, you I your dad. You wanted to impress your dad? Why? Yeah, I think I, I think I did want to impress him. I think I think it only my my want and need um, to want to impress my dad only happened after the second week because okay. what happened in the second week of Little Athletics was I think was probably one of the determining factors what made me very very competitive and I was getting ready to do my race and it was a hundred meter sprint that that weekend and I actually had one of my friends that I'd made that week at school um, brand new school uh, her dad came up to me and said hey I saw that your friends with Steph I'm going to give you some tips on your race I saw you race last weekend and um, you were looking left and right you weren't focusing on the race you were focusing on the other people you're racing against what i want you to do is keep your back nice and straight i want you to pump the arms like this and then i want you to look through the line and don't we take your eyes off a point through the line which was a set of trees at the end he goes look at that tree at the end of your lane and don't take your eyes off it i did that and i went from coming last i raced the same kids that i did the week before to first immediately i just i, got, I went from being slow to being fast in one week and it was just a little tip that made me focus on the race and uh, be more efficient in my running. And as soon as I won that race, to see the look on my dad's face when he was just like, you're one, I was just mind blown with how good that felt. He was like, he was just mind blown that I'd won this race. He was stoked that I was stoked. I was stoked that he was stoked. And then I just wanted oh, to Oh, that goes Everything. on forever. You just described something I never thought of. That goes on forever between a father and a son. Wow. Yeah. It's like two mirrors facing each other. Yeah. Just an yeah. infinite loop of feeling good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then after that, I literally went from hating it to loving it. And I wanted to win everything. I wanted to win the discus, the javelin, the long jump, triple jump, shot put, high jump, whatever you gave me. I wanted to win the short distance sprinting. I wanted to win the 1500 meters. I wanted to win cross country. And then I just got hooked on trying to be competitive and just trying to win everything. And that's where it started. Um, I'm going to give you my 50 cent analysis. This is just my analysis of what I just heard. I don't think that's where you, I'm going to say that's not where you got your competitive edge. I'm saying you got your, I'm thinking you already had your competitive edge because yeah. of what you told in the beginning about you always wanted, you would still go to the bitumen because I would, it wasn't competitive. I wouldn't have gone to the bitumen. I'd eat, like the food you left behind. I'd be over there still eating it. Like the kids yeah. who like fuck the leave some food behind. I'd eat their shit. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now, so you're already competitive. And then I'm going to suggest that how old were you at the time this guy gave you that advice? Seven. Yeah. So your parents had some – well, first of all, you had a, you had made – at seven years old, you had a friend who was a girl, which is pretty advanced, I think. This girl, Seth, pretty, pretty cool. But, but you Australians are a little different than us. You guys have a little different skill set than us, hmm. making better friends. Go ahead. Interject. I won't forget what I'm going to say. What were you going to say? Steph ended up becoming – Oh, Steph. Steph. Sorry. Steph. So Steph ended up becoming uh, a gold medalist at the Olympics for track cycling. Oh, shit. Yeah. Your dad had instilled in you somewhere to be able to take direction from adults. A lot of seven-year-olds can't do that. Somehow you already had the poise and the focus to take direction from adults, and you had some sort of ability already that, that, yeah, that was and, in there. And so when this guy said this to you – go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and and I think and I do now that you're. This is like almost like a psychology lesson. I'm actually yeah, free, free I, I, charge, free charge, free <laughs> charge, free charge. You don't even have to wear this shirt. A lot of money free for this. Charge. Yeah, but I, I do I do agree with you 100. I think you hit the nail on the head because I felt like even from a young age, my mum and my dad trusted me 
Ah, there it is. They fucking trusted you. Yeah, they trusted me to to do the right thing. And uh-huh. I felt that they made me feel like I was mature above yeah. my years. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore I didn't want to disappoint them by doing something immature. So then I kind of had that relationship already pre-established. I had a two-year-old boy and there was wild turkeys and we're in the middle of the city in Berkeley. Woketopia. And there's all these fucking turkeys, big turkeys, wild turkeys. I don't know what the fuck they're doing in the city. And there's a couple big ass dudes guarding the hose. Right. And, and, and they're under the, they're under the subway track and all the kids are there. The Asian kids and the Mexican kids and the white kids and the Jewish kids. It's just diverse as shit. Right. Berkeley. Oh, euphoria. And, and all the parents are like holding their kids back because the, the big male turkeys all puffed up and shit and gobble, gobble. Yeah. And, and my wife's like, you can, and my two-year-old's walking towards it. And, and my wife goes, are you going to stop him? I'm like, no, I'm going to let that turkey. I, I trust him and I'm going to let that turkey and him fucking have a word with each other. And that <laughs> he got within 10 feet of that turkey and, and all his chicks, you know, his girlfriends. And that thing fucking postured up and gobble, gobbled at him. And my son <laughs> run back to me. And at that moment, I think we both learned a lesson. Mm. I can trust him and his judgment. And yeah. I'm not, while well, the other parents were holding their kids back. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a wild feral cat. It wasn't a pit bull. It wasn't a lion at the zoo. It's a fucking turkey. Its mouth is like this big. Yeah. I would have gone in, over there and whooped that turkey's ass if he'd have done something stupid. He wasn't in, he wasn't in uh, complete danger. He was, it was the, the repercussions were, were minor. <laughs> the Tao Te Ching, trust the people and they become trustworthy. Mm, I like it. I like yeah, it that's so cool that you said that. You, 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 um, you, 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 uh, look at it. Shut the fuck up, Michael. Seven, you, seven using, seven using all his tricks. I would like to suggest, God, I'm a manipulative son of a bitch. You guys have picked <laughs> up on that. Um, yeah, that's, it's, it's okay. I want to get back to, to the story with your dad. So, so he trusted you. Do you think he trusted all your siblings or, or which one are you in the pack? Or do you think he learned? Was he ever protective? Do you have any sisters? Same mom and dad for all five of you. Yep. Your mom, are your parents still married? Yep. Well, shit, no wonder you turned out so good. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm, uh, so I have an older brother who was 11 months older than me. And uh-huh. Josh, as a, as a young kid, was a little bit naughty. Uh-huh. Um, so I was probably trusted to do, I guess, do the right thing. But Josh is now very, very sensible um, to a degree. Like, we're both more sensible now. But back in the day, he was like the naughty kid. And so he was what the kid. What do you mean? Like, take gum out of your mom's purse? Nah, like throwing rocks through windows and like, yeah. you know, doing all the naughty stuff in class and, and whatnot. So, um, and so I think I was trusted because Josh liked to, to like push the boundaries in certain areas. Um, but now, and we used to, we used to not get along until we were about 11 years old. So we went through a phase where we loved each other. We were inseparable and we were so close in age. I think they call it Irish twins because we're born in the same 12 months. Yeah, that, um, I should have caught on that. That's crazy. That means yeah. you're, yeah, that I have this theory that Australians don't know what contraception is. They didn't have a TV. <laughs> they, just, just, they had nothing. They had nothing. And, um, and so Josh was like, he was only 11 months older than me. <laughs> Mattering two children. Yeah. Oh, classic. wow. Yeah. God, that's crazy. 12 months, dude. Yeah, so Josh was born in November 1989, and I was born in October 1990. And uh, we, so we were very tight. And then it went through a phase where 
we used to fight on almost like a daily basis for a few years there, probably between years eight years old and 11 to 12 years old. And then dad sat us down and it got to the point where Josh was just like, I was like, he was picking on me. I was picking on him and we'd always, we'd always be fighting. And, and then it started stemming from outside the household to then, you know, we would go and play with the next door neighbors um, who had other kids, the same age as us, basically a brother, two brothers. And then we would all gang up on one of the brothers and then yeah, vice versa and all that type of stuff. And then dad sat us down and was like, you need to have each other's backs. You guys should be best mates. And then from there, we just ended up being just best mates from like literally that one conversation instead of picking on one another. It's like, nah, we should be buddies. And we've been buddies ever since. Yeah. More, more, more direction from a father figure. Second, second yeah. story. Yeah. How, um, how, how old are your parents? Uh, my dad is 50, he's turning 57 this year. Mum is turning 53 uh, this year. Isn't that crazy? Your dad's 57 and he's got you. Mm. And, then, and then your brother's your oldest brother? Yeah, 33. Uh, Josh is whole, oh, how old am he's I? He's the oldest I, of the five? Yeah, yeah. How old's the youngest kid? Uh, Jack is, Jack was born in 1998, so... Jack's 24, I think, 25. Yeah, somewhere there. And, and I'm 51. I didn't have a kid till I was 43. I'm 51. I'm only a few years younger than your dad, and I got, like a, I got two six-year-olds. Well, my dad had me when he was 22. Let's not, let's not be rude, Jeff. Okay, fine. Let's be rude. Did your mother breastfeed? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Would, do you know if you were born vaginally? Yep. The only one that wasn't was Jack. She had a, she had a C-section with Jack because it was complication. Um, but uh, the rest of us all were like that, yeah. And straight to the tit. Yeah, no TV. The, the, um, the, we're going to get – there's like some Amish shit or something going on here. What, are your parents religious? Nah. Just no contraception? Just the – just just probably young and dumb. <clears throat> just free, yeah. Do you know how they met? Yeah, my dad was – at the time, he was managing a bar. And my mom went into the bar for a big like horse race that was on that weekend. And that's how they met. And my dad was serving. My dad used to serve her brothers at the bar and she came in to, they were all heading out somewhere and then they all got introduced and kind of went from there. You, when, when you, you were on this other podcast and um, you told a story about um, going into a, a CrossFit gym and saying, "Hey, uh, I'll mop the floors and clean the bathrooms if I can, if I if I can, you know, join some classes here." Yep. And what's interesting is that story was also part of a story. It was it was a longer story about part of your childhood. Mm-hmm. And in that story, it was interesting. The commentator said, uh, "Boy, you're really blessed with some with some good parents." Mm. And I thought it was interesting because that's true. But I have this, I, and, 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 I, and I really appreciate this, but I have a, I have a strong bias. Mm-hmm. And my takeaway from the story was, um, oh, yeah, uh, my, my takeaway from the story was, and, and maybe there's a paradox, maybe it doesn't have to be exclusive, maybe, maybe both are true, but that it didn't matter how much you were blessed, you had two things in your life that were really important. You had a dad who was giving you good advice, um, and the story that you told in, in that podcast was 
someone told you you needed to train more outside of just what you were training at school and you came home and you said, dad, can you make me train? And -hmm. your dad said, no, I won't make you train. If you want to train, you'll train on your own. And you said, okay, can you help me lay out a 400 meter track? And your dad said, yes. Mm -hmm. And I just, there's these these stories of, of, of dad, of these things of having a a man in your life. And and, and this is not a dig at women. All of us boys need women. No one get fucking crazy. All of us boys love our moms more than our dads. It's okay. We just, that's just, that's the baseline. Um, but, um, and then you're willing to work free. You're willing to do something that anyone can do. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the privilege isn't, the privilege isn't that you had so much. The privilege is that you were taught that you could work with so little and that you had to earn everything that you are going to get in life you are willing to go in and clean a bathroom in a gym where everyone takes their grossest deuce of the day <laughs> yeah and, and, and i and i just i just i thought that those that's my bias that like your privilege isn't what you were given love and and affection and clean clothes your privilege is that you were taught that to be humble and to work hard because mm. yeah. no one's going to do any of that for any of us no you're not going to do burpees and then be like, hey, seven, text me, hey, Sevon, you don't have to work out today. I did 100 burpees for you. <laughs> That's exactly right. I think you've hit the nail on the head. And that was, that was one thing that was instilled from a young age. And when I was getting competitive with sport and I, and I loved sport, it was always about dad taught me from a young age as well when I was uh, looking. I wanted to play professional rugby league. He always spoke about delayed gratification and understanding that things take time and you might have to work for a number of years with only little things that keep you going or things that get you excited or little wins along the way. So I was always prepared from an early age that things might take a long time, even like I don't get too caught up on the acuteness of getting a result today, but I want to see some slight progression as I move forward. And that was, that was instilled from a young age. Do you have kids now? No, no, no kids. Um, uh, do you have a girlfriend? No. Do you have a boyfriend? No. You don't, are, are you dating? Uh, not, no, not really. I'm not, well, I would be open to it if I met someone that I got along well with, but I'm very like the thing at the moment for me is I am in and out and almost like my emotion, my emotional capacity to take on any more, I think would be, I think it would be unfair for the other person to take on me as a person right now, because I'm so engrossed into fiber and what I'm currently doing that if something came along and it just, it, it just sparked me in a particular way. Yeah, I would do it for sure, but it has to really spark me. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't forego how much fun I'm having building this business and training and jumping into all these random races and having an experience that I am just so fired up about. Like, I don't think even when I was competing and getting success in in competition as a CrossFitter, I don't think I've ever had more fun in my entire life than I am right now. Um, Do you, you, would you, and we don't have to use this word, but this word purpose, do you, do you, do you, um, does that word, do you use that word in your life purpose? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I feel when, when we were training, especially as well, everything had to have a purpose behind the task or the workout or the stimulus, everything had a purpose. And for me at the moment, I feel like my purpose 
my purpose is to wake up every day and try and get excited about what I'm doing. So I'm figuring out what makes me excited because I feel like that's the one thing that I can look forward to in life on a constant, always. If I'm waking up unhappy and not excited, what's the point? So everything I do, if it doesn't make me happy, if it doesn't get me excited and it doesn't make a memory or an experience or give me an experience that I'm not going to be exposed to otherwise, I don't really want to do it. Uh, uh, and, and, what, and so so the purpose, it, it, it's something that right now, it's something as abstract as b- being excited. If you wake up and you're passionate, you're like, I'm awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And for me, I've always enjoyed projects and building things, whether it's, you know, tinkering around with old cars or old four by fours or um, tinkering around with my own, like my own, my own project with building myself to be a, an, an elite CrossFit athlete. But now I get so fired up about having a win with the business that every day I wake up, it's like, I never know who I'm going to meet today. I never know what type of email is going to come through my inbox. I never know who I'm going to bump into when I'm going for a run. And it happens so regularly these days. Moving up to the Gold Coast has unlocked so many opportunities of people that I've met, experiences that I've had, or opportunities that I now have the ability to go and do. You just And a lot of these just come from just getting outside and just getting after all these random things. And when I say random things, they're things that are now normal for me to want to go and do. But I will, at the end of last year, I signed up for a strongman competition and an Ironman on the same weekend. So I did a, a, a national qualifier on the Saturday and then I did an Ironman 70.3 on the Sunday. And I just met so many wicked people that weekend and things that have just generated from that experience alone was just super cool. And it's an experience that I can draw on for the rest of my life. It's something that not many people would have ever have done or get to do or, you know, plan on doing, but it's something that I get to put in my memory bank and have fond memories of. And it also allows me to make better decisions. I feel like the more I'm exposed to kind of like the gut diversity we're talking about, the diversity in the diet, diversity in the gut microbiome. If I have a diverse range of different experiences to, to draw upon it's going to give me a better outlook on where my next move in move is and what makes me happy as a person day to day and for the rest of my life. When you sign up for this, are you scared? Uh, I'm excited, a little bit nervous sometimes, but it's, I'm more, I'm, I'm excited for what could happen. I'm excited for, I'm excited for, the outcomes of the event itself and in, and enjoying the process of experiencing something that I'm not used to. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, that takes balls to enter that. Yeah. And the thing is I've also, I, wow. Look at your head. Doesn't even look like your head there. Yeah. That was, uh, looks like it's about to blow off. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if I do this, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, the, the thing with this as well is I have no, I have no worries about losing. Like if I, whilst I am competitive and I have built a competitive nature, I don't mind not winning. I don't mind the fact that I might not win everything. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the experience that I've gained from doing something like this. And a lot of the time I do half decent. I'm not, I'm like, I'm not like, the best at everything, but I will do it. And I like challenges, but I like challenges in my business. I like challenges in competitive sport. I like challenges in recreational sport. I like, I like to have the challenges because from 
all of my experience that I can gather from a young, young age, all of these challenges, these little adaptions that I've made just make me more experience in making my next move and next decision. And it gives me, it gives me experience to draw upon. And I feel like experience helps you a lot when you're making decisions that are, are going to either make you happy or make you sad. I, I, I'll tell you my whole, my whole life now, there just became a point where I'm just resting on my experiences. It's crazy. And I didn't even know it. I wasn't, I wasn't purposely living my life a certain way to have experiences, but now I'm just like, holy shit. Like I just yeah. built a library yeah. on accident. Yeah, it's great. And then, you know, and then it's also having those really cool conversations with people that may have an experience that you haven't had and you might have one that they haven't had and then you exchange. And then there's a really good energy exchange there that you can then draw upon and be like, well, cool, man, I'm going to go try the thing that you tried. Sounds like a blast. And he's like, well, I'm going to try the thing that you tried. And then you come back and reconnect and then you have this awesome conversation and you've created this awesome bond and relationship with someone. And that in itself is an amazing experience to have. Super cool. Like, it, they're great. And I'm guessing that um, on, on top of that, I think you already said this, but you do an Ironman and you do a strongman and there's very few people who've done probably both and yet they both nurture each other. And so now you have this experience that also actually ties into your business, which is a plant-based protein powder, which it, it all just, it's all just time. It's all just experience of kind of going towards the same purpose. Exactly. Spot on, spot on. Yeah. Good job, dude. You're, you're, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you're, you, you've really found your uh lane mm, yeah yeah and and the cool thing is what i know again drawing on previous experience what i am enjoying right this moment in time may not be what i enjoy in two years time or three years time or five years time i might be doing something completely different and i'm totally cool with that and it's like when everybody's asked me like what's your five-year plan it's just like man i do not have a five-year plan because what i'm doing right now I wouldn't have even conceived two years ago. And whilst it's always good to plan for the future, I also love to pivot. I love to be agile in everything I do. Like if someone called me right now and said, hey, there's an opportunity to do a talk tomorrow night in Perth, no problem, Bali, America, let's go, rock and roll, happy to go, let's do it. As long as I don't have anything else on where I'm going to let someone down, I am there. I'll say yes to almost anything as long as I feel like Drawing on, again, previous experience, if it's something that resonates with me and I can feel feel connection with, I will go and I'll be there. No pets? I have two dogs, but they're with my ex-partner. Oh, you know Kayla? Kayla Banfield? No. Kayla oh. Banfield? The girl, is that the girl with the purple? She does the, um, the open okay. announcements and the, has the purple hair. Yeah, so that's my yes. ex-partner. Um, we broke up a couple of years ago, but we still get along like a house on fire. And she has our two dogs, which are down in Adelaide. They live with her. Uh, does she have a new boyfriend? She does. Yeah. And he's really nice. Really, really nice. All right. We'll get, we'll circle back on that. Hold on a second here. Uh, what is this? Uh, is James no fat? What's that? No, no fat. Does he not jerk off? Oh, seriously? That's what that is? No fat? Is that what that means? Yeah. Fap is like jerking off. All oh, right. Is James no fat? Uh, is it uh, uh, no porn addict? It says uh, it says porn addiction recovery. Porn addiction recovery. I, I don't have an addiction. If that the question is, if do I have an addiction with porn? I don't have an addiction with porn. 
That's the question. <laughs> uh, an online community with thousand members who have practiced avoiding all forms of artificial sexual stimulation. Do you know what I heard actually? I, I saw um, from a doctor, uh, an OBGYN, who is also, uh, I would say, an expert in, um, I don't know if the word's neurobiology, but she was actually saying that if you don't stimulate the penis and ejaculate, that event, you'll lose the ability to stimulate your penis. That there's, I don't know, fucking, it's not, I don't know, if, I don't think capillaries is the right word, but there's veins and arteries and shit down there that need to be, get regular blood flow to them or else they stop working. Is that true? Caleb, you're a nurse. Does that, is that, do you know if that's true? Do you ever like when people are in the hospital and they can't jerk off? Do you jerk them off to make sure that they stay hard? (laughs) Do you edge them? (laughs) I plead the fifth on that one. As as part of a medical procedure. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, if that's no, yeah, I I watch porn sometimes. You've dabbled. I've dabbled. I've dabbled on occasions. Um, uh, uh, Wadzom, you're not a daily porn guy. Not every day. No, that seems like a lot. I think that's excessive. Yeah, not every day. Not every day. If I'm like ultra stressed or like I'm under the pump, sometimes I just can't be bothered. What's that mean? What's under the pump mean? Under the pump means like uh, like emails are coming in, got to go here, got to be there, got to do this, got like tons yeah. of tasks on that I'm like inundated with under the pump. So yeah, under the pump. I, I'm not sure. You guys don't use that? No. I, no, I don't. Mega I'm old. I'm, let's ask Caleb. Caleb's 25. Uh, Caleb, do we use under the pump? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I think not that this source, uh, idiom, informal UK and Australian uh, English in, in a difficult situation or feeling a lot of pressure. Or let me translate for James uh, Newberry when he's being hyper productive. He likes to use the word productive. Yeah. And when I say busy, I feel like busy is just a term. And whilst you can be busy, sure. Um, but when I'm busy, it feels like it's just a cop out. I feel like people just just loosely use the term busy to um, avoid doing something that they I, agree. Do. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, I I don't I don't mean to to beat a dead horse the porn thing. And um, it's not a very classy topic, but I think porn <laughs> is like. You know, there's lots of times I want ice cream, lots and lots of times. But I, but I just, I don't, I don't, I don't like I, I, one out of every hundred times I want ice cream. I can't even remember. Like, I can't. I, I would have to be at your birthday party, and like I'd have to see you eat a piece first. But like, <laughs> I walk by the ice cream shop and I think, oh, I'd like a cookies and cream ice cream cone. But I just don't. I feel like porn's the same way. It's like I could, but it, it just, I don't know. Something about it just seems lazy to me. It, it's mm. nothing moral or ethical. It just seems. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it seems lazy. I have a wife. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's like putting your shopping cart away. All these people are like, you have to put your shopping cart away. No, I don't. I leave it here to create a, a workforce so that someone can come get it. Well, to be honest, um, <laughs> I, I, I had to I get that in there. People hate me for not putting my shopping cart away. Fuck you! I'm creating an economy for young men to get carts. Yeah, and I don't jerk off that much either. Well, that's not true. I just don't use porn. Go yeah, ahead, and, and look, I agree. I agree. It's um, it probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't look at it that much if I had a girlfriend. But right. the thing is, like, again, it has to be the right circumstances because, again, I am trying to be as productive as I possibly can. 
And um, yeah, if that was the situation, I'd probably watch it a lot less. And I do know from previous experience, up like having a girlfriend previously for a long time, I watched it a lot less then than I do now. Put it that way. Hey, um, and I and I and I'm very happily married. So let me ask you this: you your breakup with your girlfriend, you made a post about it. Mm. Is that weird? Well, actually, Kayla asked to asked us to do this post. Um, we wanted to get it out there because we were, I guess, uh, seen in the CrossFit space as a CrossFit couple that, you know, Kayla was doing commentary. I was competing as an athlete. I felt like she wanted to like kind of put it out there to let people know that we're okay as because most people say, oh, do you hate your ex now? And we didn't want people to get the wrong idea that we had a an amicable, you know, nice breakup. If that We just decided that we just weren't right for each other and we're going on different paths and that was okay. And we wanted to express to people that not every breakup has to be because something bad happened or because we don't like each other or that person did this one thing or something like that. We wanted people to know that it was okay to have a, an amicable breakup where we're still friends. Well, I, I'm just trying to think like, Did, was it healing? Was it to nip it in the bud for people talking shit or did it feel good to do that? Like I would, I just can't see mm. myself if, if, if my wife and I were to, I just can't see posting. Yeah. Yep. I, to, I, I but, but I didn't it. grow up in your era either. Like I also see that you haven't erased her from your Instagram so I can go back in your Instagram and I can, see, I can live oh, your yeah. past. I can yeah, see when exactly. you're, you know, um, and I, and I, and I guess that that's a whole component of life that I've never thought of that. There's all these people with social media who mm. is that what's going on that since you've, it, it's kind of like you have to close the loop on it. You're obligated well, as, as a storyteller or I, I knew, I knew it meant something to Kayla to do it. Um, if, if it had been like solely and entirely up to me, probably wouldn't have done a post, but in saying that I knew that Kayla wanted to get something out there. And I think it would have been very unbalanced if she was the only one to have done one. So I agreed and said, yeah, look, I'll put something up as well and just let people understand that we're still okay as a, as a, as people. Um, We're not, you know, we're not, um, we're not on bad terms. We'll put it that way. But for me, it was neither here nor there. I didn't really, um, I didn't, wasn't drawn to exposing what was happening personally between me and Kayla. Um, But I feel like it was something that made her feel a little bit more content um, at the end of the day. So I know she wanted to do it and I was okay with obliging. And she's still doing the CrossFit stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, she is. Uh, uh, Wad Zombie. uh, Thank you for the money. I love money. I uh, can't believe this is the first time uh, Mr. Uh, Newberry has been on. What a great guest. Maybe he can call in for real sometime. Oh, with his accent. Yeah. Or he could pretend to be an American. Yeah. Well, I'll be over there soon. Uh, Sevon is on his best behavior. He didn't call out the buff judge in the background with the mask on. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. I was ch- I was just biting the inside. I, I, I'm not going to call out masks too often anymore. And I'm. Uh, it's like porn. I'm just. I'm just trying to taper. <laughs> uh for uh for Se- uh, eric utley for sevon's le boys uh banana hammock contribution uh he says he's an xl i'm an xl in the crotch uh i'm probably medium in the waist what, what is, is that yours and con's company yeah yep 
Like that is your brand. Yeah, La Boys. Yeah, La Boys is ours. We actually came up with it walking through an airport in Copenhagen. Wow, congratulations. That's cool. Is is that does that keep you busy too? Yeah, it keeps me it keeps me relatively busy. Um it's uh it's basically we when we decided when we decided to do La Boys, we both said we both live very productive lives and we're both always out there. We love to travel. And we Khan tra- and I have traveled a fair bit together. And we said we wanted this both to be something that just happens organically when we want it to happen. We're not going to force it. We're not going to, it's not going to be a full-time job. It's something that's just going to come around and we're going to do stuff when it feels right to do. So when emails come through about the boys or whether it's um, everything is pretty much automated, but when it comes to designs, when it comes to ordering new stock, when it comes to figuring out what the next um, promotion will be, we just kind of do it as we go. Whereas, you know, it takes up, you know, a small percentage of my week. Um, and for KP, he handles the social media and stuff. Um, but my my number one, like the thing that takes up most of my time is fiber. But Laboys is just, we both just contribute to it when it's required. We're not like forcing it down people's throats. We just, we put up like kind of just easygoing stuff. And, you know, when we get new stock and we get it, if it's a little late, it's a little late. If we don't get a new piece in for the next quarter, it's just going to be the way it is. And we both said to ourselves, if it turns into something that is like, okay, we need to, like, we both feel like, okay, this is a thing. We need to start putting some more focus into this. We both decide at that point in time together that we will put more emphasis on it and spend a greater portion of our week dedicated to La Boys. Have you ever seen girls wearing them? Yeah, I have actually. <laughs> I have. I have. Uh, would that be a brand uh, faux pas if you were to post a picture of a girl wearing them? Is that Would that be off-brand? No, I actually do you want to see something here. I think, can you see my phone through the screen? I will do my best. Okay. I had a sample of these just arrived the other day. Um, I'm going to show you the one. I'll show you what it looks like from my version. Thank you, Caleb. Oh, that's wow. That's the <laughs> that that's the that's the female suit. Well, it's the boy's bottom and it's the female top, but then I actually gave it to a proper model to have a crack at and this looks a lot nicer. Wow. So, are those the boy's bottoms? No, these are the girl's bottoms. Um so we we actually do have a a la girl's line. Uh, as a prototype coming because it was asked for so much. And also a Legroms. I'm not sure if you know, if you guys know what a Grom is, but like a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So we have Legroms coming too. So it'd be basically uh, Speedos and like rashy tops for kids, La Girls bikinis and one pieces for swimming laps and stuff and one for the beach wear. And then we'll end up getting um, as well as the guys Speedos or we call them Dickies over here. Um, we'll also look at doing some potentially maybe doing some, um, you know, like some five inch board shorts of some description potentially down the line. So we have a bit of a range going. Oh, Grom Grom stems from the word Grom and a term generally used to denote the lowest ranking members of a naval naval ship. Wow. In, in California and Santa Cruz, Groms are the little surfers and the little skaters. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So we'll call them LeGroms. So it's like little surfy kids that want to wear some LeBoys, but it'd be LeGroms. Um, Um, can I? I'm gonna impose again. I'm old. I'm old. I can impose, right? Impose. Without impose. Being, I don't mind. Okay. 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 I'm an open uh, book. <laughs> okay. Thank you. 
Um, what about this bathing suit that Daniel Craig wore in um, Casino Royale? Oh, I think I've seen this before. He was actually. he. These are the suits my boys wear. Yeah, and these are the bathing suits my boys wear. It's a nice hybrid. You have to have a fucking insane body. It's a nice hybrid between the banana hammock and the douchey American. And, you know, the douchey American is like, yes, yes. yes. And I'm telling you, um, uh, these, when he came at, he was the first in in Casino Royale, he was the first man ever to come out of the water. It was always chicks before then. I love him. I love him. And and I'm I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Do you have the actual shot where, can you play the video where he actually comes out of the water? Um, Caleb, like maybe a few seconds of it. It's a man. If if someone can tell me the um the brand of those ones, if someone whoever's watching can tell me the brand of what he's wearing, I will get some. I'll try them out. I'll figure out what it what how it can be how it can be constructed. But you know, um, I think you get a little American market there. Us Americans were afraid of the banana hammock. There, we're not all Sam dancers. I know this because I took the boys over to Waterpalooza. Yeah, and it was a flop <laughs> <laughs> yeah us americans we're a little little timid around the old banana there he is look at him yeah mate i love him i love what him. a stud yeah, yeah i think they're great look at there's not even any shorts in there <laughs> oh my god and this chick can you believe have you seen this movie i have seen it a long time ago this is one of the most beautiful women who's ever been on the planet and they fucking killed her in the movie oh no I yeah. like the, uh, the sarong she's got there, though. We might be able to add one of those into the girl's line. Look at her shorts are longer than his. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a sarong. You're right. Okay. Good eye. Oh man, she was she was something else. Yeah, she's stunning. Yeah. The um, I do I rate those shorts, so I think they're um they're a winner. I think we probably have to have a look at doing. We'll probably have a range of these things, but I, I like I like the idea because. It was something that was brought up in the beginning and then we kind of left it by the wayside. And because we only put in, you know, a little bit of attention to bits and pieces here and there, and we go through phases where we're just like, the boys, the boys, the boys, the boys. And then we both get, we both get stumped with stuff that's coming up, whether it's a competition or whether it's other work or other obligations that we kind of have both agreed that we don't let it be something that stresses us out too much. And like whilst we'll always, I'll always be on top of customer service. That's like the one thing I do for fiber and do for the boys. If something goes wrong or there's an order that gets mucked up somehow, I'll always be the first one to get onto it. But when it comes to launching new stuff, um, I let wizard timing handle that. You let who? Wizard timing. Oh, wizard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the Christians, you guys call that God. I have a huge Christian contingency. I did. Sorry, translate for them. Uh, uh, and lucky uh, Camera Straps from Australia, a, a great sponsor of the show. Uh, first live I've caught in a while. Sorry, I've been under the pump. Love Thank it. Thank you. Uh, miss you, Sevi, and hi, James. What's up? How we doing? I missed you and your Australian money. Thank you. Good to see you. <laughs> um, there's this term that um, uh, English people use. I don't know if um, uh, Australian people do it. You guys call each other legends. Do you guys do that? Legend. Yeah. Legends, yeah. yeah. Well, truly my boys are we, we, in, in, the, in America, we call them uh, playground legends. That's like, that's right. how you use it. Playground legend. They're kids who are just playground legends. And my yep. kids are fucking the, are just true playground legends. And, uh, and so if you ever need, if you have the Grom shorts and you make them like that, those, those short ones. Yep. I'll wear them. 
yeah, fuck. We'll destroy. We'll sell those things. We'll sell at least five pair for you. Great. Well, I've seen your kids play, and man, they are talented kids. Man, I've I've seen it. Like I've even shared some of the stuff that I've seen your kids do, and like the stuff that you the stuff that you're encouraging them to do is freaking wild. I sent it to my mates. I'm like, check this out. Look what Saban's doing with his kids. It's freaking amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Like, I don't I don't have kids, but the couple of things that I do or would look forward to if I end up having kids at some point is I would love to teach them that type of stuff and I'd love to go surfing with them. They're the two things that I think about. That's pretty much it. The rest, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Making them is cool too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Making them is fun and as well. And the girl go through her shit's dope. <laughs> it really is. Uh, James, how about the boy sponsoring the uh, quiet, quiet? No. Philip. Thank you, Philip. I appreciate it. Uh, Trish, uh, um, uh, thank you, Philip. I, but, but no, it's too. Uh, Trish, um, uh, have you been? Uh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Is this the girl that asked me about porn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this 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 person has taken over my podcast i i sometimes fear that this person's going to start their trish is going to start her own podcast and i'm going to lose my audience she's a, she's just completely taken over every show she takes over okay uh dollar night but i have to ask because i'm a whore uh because because they pay money uh have you been with an older woman mr newberry i've been with a woman older than me yes not fair okay good answer hey, trish you <laughs> fucked that question all up listen a good listen a good a good interviewer never asks a yes or no question that's even though i ask him all the time that's funny oh i love it i love it uh marco hey. uh calderon uh, 20 dollars american dollars thank you uh while well, we still use the dollar here before we get put under the thumb of digital currency and all turned into bitches uh super inspiring podcast james has more testosterone than all of us combined <laughs> well thanks a lot i appreciate that do you do blood wild. do you do blood work and stuff like that yeah, I'd get bloods done maybe well, in the beginning when I first went plant-based back in 2019. I was getting bloods done every six months just to check to see if anything was getting disrupted by going plant-based. Nothing ever was, and now I probably do it once a year. Uh, is there some specific markers you look at, or it's, it's all of them? You're interested in all of them, You're from your blood, yeah. your testosterone to yeah, just the whole I get- I get everything looked at to see if where my levels are at just across the board. But usually I'm looking at like B12 levels, iron levels, things that are typically low in someone who's not getting in a wide variety of, of plant food. But even still, there are plenty of people that are low in B12, magnesium, iron, all those, all the things that we kind of look at when we're looking at markers that are omnivorous as well. So, um, but everything for mine, every single time I've gone back, they've only gotten better since then and i have to say that i do think it's whilst whilst i eat a variety of things in my diet i also have to say that i think it's because i'm training i'm not training five hours a day anymore as well uh we will talk about nutrition uh newberry is the daniel brandon of the male cf athletes it's so crazy you said that because i don't bug daniel brandon very often because i did just i don't want to use up my my fucking daniel brandon equity but i'm gonna show you this um this video i while i was uh researching james today i actually saw this instagram post and i sent this to danielle it's so crazy it's fucking crazy scott that you said this i'm like and basically i was telling danielle like you got to do this just steal this shit um 
I'm going to show I'm going to show you the post. This thing is so good. This is the reason why I love social media because of shit like this. This is this is so good. Sorry, Caleb. I didn't send this one to you. I'm not trying to take your job. <laughs> I love you to death, Caleb. Okay. So this is truly uh, a piece of work here. I would love to see Danielle Brandon do this. She couldn't do it topless, but she could do it like maybe with like a bra and panties. Well, but, the thing is, I did actually see Danielle Brandon like this post a few hours ago. Oh, no shit. I said it. Yeah, that's awesome. I sent it to her at 518. That's crazy. Yeah, and you know what she wrote back? She wrote back. I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I divulge anything by saying this, but she just wrote back. I said, I think this is a cool effect. And he said, Oh, he killed that exclamation point. I mean, you, this, you, and I don't, I'm telling you, I don't, like, I am not using that my Daniel Brandon text. Like, I, like, I'm careful. That's, you know what I mean? I, I, hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate I'm careful that. I think, as I shit. I ain't fucking that up. I'll film it for her if she wants to do it. Yeah. Really? You'd help her with this? Easy. Um, uh, you'd go to Florida for a little shoot? Yeah. Yeah. This is crazy. Stand by, people. Watch this. This is so good. This is one of those things. I bet you this has a shitload of views because everyone who watched it watched it five times. This is nuts. I don't even know what it's for. So crazy. So how excited were you when you did this? Were you like, holy shit? The um the funny thing about that video, I saw a guy do it for a um like a like a, a menswear a menswear brand and I sent it to my mate. You can see I've tagged uh Bakey on the side. So I Oh said, yeah, that's a cool dude. I never met him, but he's a cool dude. He's a legend. He's like the best. And he lives about 10 minutes from me um here on the Gold Coast. Wow. And I messaged Vakey and I, I sent it to him. I said, Hey mate, you reckon you could do this for me? And he's just like, Yeah, dude, come over to my house now. <laughs> and so I went over there and he filmed it in his house and he edited it all on the spot. We had it done and dusted less than 15 minutes. Oh man, everything that guy has is nice. Look how nice and clean his house is. Yeah, he's the one who's throwing the the clothing at me when I'm doing this. <laughs> and it's 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 edited perfect to the music too. Yes, he did it. He did it wild, yo. Yeah, this was great. You must have been ecstatic. Look at even Maddie. You got the fucking great Maddie Sturt saying, "Wow, this is great." Yeah. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, good job. Yeah, thank you. I'll, I've got actually a couple of more coming that are pretty wild too. That I'll I've saved in my bank. So typically, what like you, um, I like social media for the creativity of this type of stuff too, and I do enjoy it for that for that aspect. And anytime I see something that I get that feeling from, I yeah. save it and I send it to Vakey. Say we need to do this. There's a couple that I've got coming up that are going to look really rad. What's that dude's story? You know what's funny is I, I cannot get out of my head that he's Australian. I, whenever I see him, I just picture him being in South Africa. Yeah, he's South African. Oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah, I'm he sure is. Yeah, okay. so he's a South African um, that lived in New Zealand for a lot of time and then now is living on the Gold Coast. But he's been here for a long time now on the Gold Coast. Um, but yeah, he's a uh, South African heritage yeah, he seems like a cool dude. I used to he's think he's I used to think he was uh, older than me. Now I realize he's not. Vake, yeah. he's the best. He's like one of my favorite people. He's like my biggest supporter ever. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's a classy guy. And he's like he's he's actually really fit too. He moves so well. He owned CrossFit gyms as well back in the day. He looks um, fit as shit. 
yeah, he's super fit. And he's just, he's probably, honestly, he's probably one of the nicest guys you will ever have the chance to interact with. So nice. We'll do anything for you. Um, and just always in a good mood. Always. Let me see if I, uh, hold on one second here. Let me see. I probably shouldn't, I probably shouldn't blow my load here. I probably need this later on to go to the bathroom. Okay, here, here we go. You ready? Okay, here we go. Honestly, there's a lot of great people in our space that do awesome things. But as far as I'm concerned, I think Sevan is the best in the business when it comes to podcasting, when it comes to bringing out the best out of the athletes, when it, when it comes to setting the athletes at ease and getting some real honesty and some real unique answers from them. So, um, man, he's going to love this. But he really is the Joe Rogan of CrossFit. Um, he's going to love me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i'm very humble I, I, I thank you i i take no pride in that that is awesome yeah he's he's such a legend he's uh he's a good dude and he um you know he he's one guy that i've i've looked at for a long time that has just stuck in his lane when he was first trying to grow his um his youtube channel back in the day i remember he had like 300 subscribers or 150 subscribers and he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to commit to doing YouTube. I'm going to do something every week, every week, every week. A year later, he maybe had like a thousand or fifteen hundred, and he's like, I'm still going to keep going, still going to keep going. Talk about delayed gratification and sticking to the plan. Now this dude's got like he had a video that went absolutely ballistic, and now he's got like seventy thousand. Crazy! It's insane. Hey, so, his camera he, work is crazy too. Oh, I mean, he is very talented. His camera I, work is crazy. I've never seen anyone get footage. Like he will get an hour of footage out of five minutes of filming and he'll have it edited to you and over that day, like he's just bang, bang, bang. Just he pumps it out like no tomorrow. He's just got great systems. Is he the one who captured uh, the crazy footage of Tia coming out of the water? Yes. That's his shot, right? Yep. He's a fucking beast. Yep. 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 He did that. And that went crazy viral. Yeah. I mean, it's it's probably – it's got to be up there. It's probably probably the most iconic shot in the history of CrossFit, to be honest, men or women. Yeah, it's wicked. Yeah, yeah, it went it went gnarly. And I think on his um on one of the grand or one of his one of his reels did like five million. I think it was maybe the Danny Spiegel one did like five million views or something. How is it that? How is it that? Um, do you do you think Tia Toomey? I know she's friends with you, so it might be a little weird to say. How is she not more of like a sex symbol? That to 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 have a woman's body look that fucking good in slow motion is fucking hard. You see the nicest bodies in the world in slow motion, and some shit starts looking weird. Yeah. I cannot believe how incredible her fucking physique is. Her uh, her ass and her legs and her calves and probably her toes. She's like a Greek goddess. Yeah, she's yeah. she's got everything in the right spots. Like and her. Yeah, yeah. That's I guess that's a better way of saying it. All the shits in the right spots in the right dimensions. The ratios. The ratios. Yeah, the ratios. exactly. Yeah. The ratios are good. Head's not too big. Yeah. Even and though I like a big head, I do like a big head, like Bethany uh, Shadburn. Oh, you do? She's hot. You don't like a big head? You what about oh, Gal? Hey, I'm I like I've got an open mind to anything. Like I'll, I'll never I'll never say no until I've tried everything. So I've okay. actually never really taken notice of head size to before. It hasn't been like a it hasn't been on my Well it will my, be now. Um, Look at Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot. Yeah, she got a big head. Fucking watermelon. Yeah, okay. Basket, two basketballs. Okay, well, 
Yeah. She she needs to work out a little bit. She needs more pull-ups. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. She's bit yeah, she's she's quite thin. Uh oh shit, here we go. Face <laughs> yourself. Oh. I haven't even I haven't even read this yet. Uh Trish for 499. Hi Trish. Good evening. Nice to see you back. Uh if a 67-year-old woman asked you out on a date, would you rather go surfing, horseback riding, or a hot dog eating contest? I would 100% take surfing. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Trish, for your uh, uh, in-depth. Um, uh, God, I feel like there's something big coming. I feel I like feel, I feel like it's, I feel I feel it too. <laughs> I feel like there's something big coming. Uh, stop, Ken. Sevi, but she doesn't have a big head. Stop. Stop. <laughs> no one asked your opinion. No one. No one. No one asked your opinion. Okay. Uh, you have not eaten an, an animal has not died for, mm. for you. You've not directly. You, when's the last time you put a, a dead animal in your mouth? The last time, 2019. You have not put a dead animal in your mouth since then. No, but there hasn't. I accidentally, I accidentally ran over. I've actually, I've told two things in the last, handful of years they were both accidents i ran over a rabbit yeah on a trip on a driving trip and i hit a bird oh do you you know what kind of bird uh one uh, just a small it was a small bird but yeah they they were the they were the two things in the last few years but aside from that you know a lot of people will probably come out of the woodwork saying that lots of bugs lots of small rodents get killed in the processing of plant material but yeah, I was going to go straight there. I was going to try to like yeah. one up. You'd be like, listen, motherfucker, you know how many gophers died for that broccoli you ate? I was going to yeah, go straight it's, there. It's a thing. I guess the I guess the the only combative statement I can put up at on the table for that is that there's a difference between uh, driving down the street and seeing a dog cross the road and aiming for it or hitting it by accident. You know, there's there's it's two different there's two different things. We're trying to minimize or or even worse, being drunk. And it, 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 being drunk and hitting the dog is the same as hitting the dog on purpose. And I, it, it, in I a agree. way, it's there's I, I, there's I, I some there's agree. there's some negligence. You're not yeah. being negligent with your animal killing. Yeah, no, no. And the the thing that always has come back to me, and this is it's it's a quite a hard thing to articulate sometimes. Um, and I've tried I've tried hard to think about the ways that I would respond in certain situations. But the one thing that always comes back to me, and the thing that sits well with me, is if I can do all of the things that make me happy, fire me up, all of the tasks that I require to do that make me feel fulfilled, all of the events, feeling strong, hitting PRs, going to the CrossFit regionals, going and doing Ironmans, jumping out of planes, surfing, doing all those things, waking up in the morning and feeling a spark to get after the day and feeling vital every day. If I can do it without being part of the process of killing an animal or making it suffer or being a part of that system. Why not? That's it. That's all. That's all it is for me. Why not? Um, I, I remember being somewhere with uh, Greg Glassman one time and they were, they were talking about being uh, vegan 
versus um, being carnivore. And this person was just talking about how stupid it was to be vegan. And they thought Greg was going to have their back. And Greg immediately said, dude, I would fucking do if, if I thought that I could eat healthy without ever hurting another animal for the rest of my life, I would do it. And I, and I, and I, I, it just seems, um, I had the, I had this guy on the show. He was a, um, a, a pro-life guy. He goes around and talks to people about not having abortions. And I just think even though I'm a pro-choice guy, I'm, I'm just like, God, that's such a noble fucking yeah, I, I just don't see how you don't like someone who's trying to save babies. I, I just don't see how you're, you know, there are all these people are screaming at him and yelling at him that it's healthcare and you're taking away women's rights. It's like, yo, take a breath. This guy's trying not to fucking, this guy thinks babies are being killed. And I just see the same thing about being vegan. I mean, I eat a shit ton of meat, um, but I, it, it does. It it uh, seems like such a noble cause. The way what you just said. Why should if I can live my life completely fulfilled? Why does Joe the cow have to fucking die for me in in a in a horrible way? Yeah, and and look, I'm I'm not the type of vegan that is ever going to throw this down someone's throat ever. I'm not. No, going- and, and all the stuff I watched about you, I've never seen you do that either. Matter of fact, it's it's. I don't like it at all. Like I think that's the. That's the one thing. That's the opposite of what I want to do. All I want to do is live and breathe this type of lifestyle that really resonates with me and show people via my actions that if you have thought about going down the path of being plant-based but have been scared of the repercussions of doing it, that you're going to wake up feeling fatigued, you're going to come down with deficiencies in this vitamin, this mineral, this and this and this, and have protein deficiency and become weak and lose weight. And I'm not going to be able to go and do the things that I want to do. I'm just wanting to be the living proof that that's not the case. And that is it. And, and I'm not going to sit out here and say, you have to eat like this, or you have to do it like this. I'm just going to do my thing. And if people ask the question, I'll answer it. But Aside from that, I'm not going to go out of my way to be outspoken about it. Um, uh, I want to ask you this question about pesticides in a second because it's it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. But I wanted to um, – I had this guy on here uh, named Chris Wark. He wrote a book, uh, Chris Beat Cancer. Do you know who that is? Um, okay. And and um, he got – he had stage 4 colon cancer, and he went completely uh, – plant-based and cured himself and um when i tried to talk to him about his diet he goes hey the diet's really secondary the thing about curing cancer is removing stress from your life and i had don fall on here the current ceo of crossfit and he was uh generous enough to share a story about his wife having cancer this is chris's this is this is a great guy uh chris beat cancer Uh, and he he started doing crossfit i think in the last couple years too i'm i'm gonna give him a follow chris beat cancer yeah, it's he's cool. He says a lot of cool shit. And look how nice his skin is. He's not a young yeah. man. He's the, glowing. Yeah, he's like a 40-year-old guy. Um and um and then we had Don Fallen here and his, I think he sh- was generous enough to share that his wife had cancer and removing stress was vital to her healing. That being said, I'd like to also show you this this um uh um citizen of Australia named Anthony Chafee. Chaffee. Okay. Um, maybe, uh, we had him on the show. This guy swears on meat and all the people it's healed. Like it's cured people of like rheumatoid arthritis, all sorts of autoimmune diseases. This guy is yoked out of his fucking mind 
and he only eats um he eats a steak uh with almost nothing else every night as much steak as he wants every night he just eats one meal yeah right interesting and and you should see this guy's body he's a fucking brick shithouse i wonder if there's a picture of his body well there's this chick and yeah there he is oh wow yeah yeah great rig so no i mean him yeah oh oh, sorry him yeah fair enough (laughs) Um, do do you um so any 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 thought any any thoughts on this i mean i personally can eat just 10 pounds of, of of raw broccoli radishes i'm just a i'm a human but i can eat anything i'm just a dumpster yeah i can just eat onions i just i'm happy to eat stuff but there's these people like it's would you say what you're doing is extreme or no 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 i don't think it's extreme at all um but But even just a steak every day at six is i guess maybe it's the opposite of extreme i don't know yeah yeah it's kind of the opposite but i feel like the, the one thing that i i think about a lot and this is going down the path that you just mentioned before with um Chris beat cancer is removing stress. I feel like plays such a significant role in how well we operate as humans. And this always comes back to the gut microbiome. If we're supplying ourselves with brilliant food, luscious food, lots of variety, um, where's whether, or we're just taking out a lot of the shit that we eat on a day-to-day basis, a lot of the crap, a lot of the processed stuff, a lot of the things that are wreaking havoc, we could take all of that away. But again, if we are in a really chronic, stressful environment, we are not going to thrive. I don't believe it has to be a holistic approach. You could have the opposite of that. You could eat whatever you like, or you could have to a degree, whatever you like, but you could be surrounded by beautiful people you could be getting sunlight every day you could be doing things that make you feel fulfilled you might be getting brilliant sleep and you're nailing all these other things but your diet isn't quite on point you might just be in a great position and you just may never get sick you know what i mean i feel like there is there's a there's two ways around it and i'm not saying that um someone i like i don't know the ins and outs of what a carnivore diet can do to you long term um I'm not a nutritionist or anything like that. It's just my own personal experience is what I talk about. Um, I would, however, love to see, you know, I would love to see what, you know, the stool samples look like, what the gut uh, bacteria looks like, what the micro uh, microbe test would look like. I would love just because I'm fascinated by it and I'm curious. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I feel like if you, if you can link in wholesome whole food, like eat, whole food as much as possible, mainly plants, like lots of different varieties of plants. You can, uh, you can tie that into a good training and exercise regime, something that you're going to stick to same with the plants or same with the diet that you're doing. And then you can intertwine that into the people that you hang around, intertwine that into the way that you operate in your day-to-day sleep patterns, and then make sure you're doing things that give you purpose that make you feel happy you can do all those things. You are going to be combating and fighting against uh, aging, disease, viruses, all those things to the best of your ability. And it's all—it's always about doing the things to the best of your ability. And I feel like if whatever that may be, um, each to their own. Um, but for me, I found that one thing that does resonate with me is causing as little harm as possible 
to other beings on the planet, and that includes all the animals. You're are you you're, are you religious at all? No. No. And so what is your not religious, um... not religious? Probably in the in the um in the like uh, I guess the common the common sense. I feel like I feel like there's something else. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I. I've always got an open mind to whatever. I'll never just brush something away. I, I, I see a lot of people, um, especially through social media, it's like a hard no or a hard yes. I'm, I've got an open mind to anything. If someone brought something up, I would have a conversation with anyone about anything on any level, no problem, any day of the week. I feel like there's something else. I feel like I don't know what it is. I can't put a, a finger on what it could be. I feel like we're maybe put on this planet for the experience of what it is. And maybe we go somewhere next to experience another dimension of some description. I feel like that is a thing. I feel like there's energy that we can't see. I feel like there's stuff going on that is maybe, we're maybe blind to it. I feel like there's potential for all of that stuff. Um, I don't exactly know what it is, but I don't believe it in its traditional sense of what most people may think it actually is. But spiritual to a degree, I guess you could call it. I feel like there's some other stuff happening that we don't know about. I'm curious about it, but I'm not sure what it is. But I'm always open to the idea that there's something there. And the older I get, the more I feel like there's we're here to experience life to the utmost capacity. And the more experience we can draw from this, the more relationships we can have, the more memories we can bank the better it is that's what i feel like we're here for to experience as much as humanly possible and okay. let me yeah. fuck with you a little bit here you ready yeah. i'm gonna fuck with you a little bit i'm gonna fuck you with drop drop a bomb on you okay and this is and this is uh so um one do you, do you think it's an intellectual reason that um that you don't want to uh eat animals you don't want them to suffer for you or do you think it is a, an emotional reason or, or some other reason? Is it, is it because you cry when you were seven years old, when your dog died and in, in, it makes you sad when you watch people pull fish, you're at the fishing pier and you see a guy pull a fish yeah. and drop it on the pier and the fish is flopping and you're looking at his eyes and you don't like, you don't like the way that feels. Yeah, no, I, um, it's probably from a compassion standpoint and an empathy standpoint that I don't suffering is not something that I want to induce or pay someone to induce for me. Right. Okay. And, and I, I'm, I'm with you. It's crazy. And, and it's interesting that you say that it's, it's one of the reasons why I don't like war and the death penalty is um, someone has to kill those people. Mm -hmm. so like, like no matter how bad something someone did, if you, if, if we're going to give them the death penalty, someone's got to do it. And uh, yeah, so then we it. made, so then we made a murderer. Um, but um, there, there's always balance, right? All these things, right? We just yeah. we just put the world so crazy out of balance because for two years, sixty six percent of the planet participated in a half dozen activities that got me kicked off of YouTube talking about. So I won't talk about it. But uh, we put, I think we put the planet completely out of fucking whack. Mm. Um, but what do you think about? about experiencing something what do you think about going out and hunting an animal having that experience um and 
to to see that maybe here's here's what I'm thinking, what I'm exploring. Sorry, mm. sorry, yeah, James. No. I'm having trouble getting this out a little bit. No, it hit me. Yeah, say it however you feel. I just want it to be super clear. Um, there's these things that I think that we do that biologically make us who we are in our happiest state. Mm -hmm. uh, we we move through the functional movements. Um, we have shelter. Um, we have clothing. Um, some some real and, and we and we actually maybe know how to make our own clothing, and maybe we know how to make our own shelter, and we know how to get our own food, and we actually go through these functional movements, and we sleep with the sun. And there's these things that I think I don't think it comes from like working at Apple at middle management, sitting in a room all day. I think there are some things, unfortunately, that we're made to do. This machine, the James Newberry, even though me and you are so fucking different, you're like a good car and I'm a shitty car. But but either way, we're meant to drive, and mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe since you and I have never hunted, at least I'm I don't think you've ever hunted an animal and I've never hunted an animal. There's something we're missing. Like we need to go out, shoot a deer, look in the eye, have a good cry, skin them, bring them, carry them back, eat them. Like maybe, 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 maybe there's some, we're not, uh, we're not, we're, we're pushing something away that maybe we should be embracing. Maybe you do you know what I mean? Maybe we're justifying something because we're fucking we're, we're not afraid we're not we're not willing to face our emotions about about the impermanence of life. I I, I just mm. feel like I feel like there's something that I'm not expressing because I don't know how to make a house and I don't know how to go out and like get a deer for my family for my kids. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel vulnerable for that. Yeah, I understand. I understand what I understand what you're saying from my point of view. There's never, if for me, for me, um, and it's 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 very, it's it's perceived different from everybody. But for me, going out and killing something for the experience rather than necessity is never okay. Right. If it was out of necessity, if I was on a deserted island with no food, no nothing, no plants to eat, no nothing, I couldn't couldn't catch fish and there was an animal there that I could eat, I would eat it. Or, or let, let me propose this to you. Not that out of, not that um, you were on a desert Island, but let's say all the other food was dirty. Let's say you were in a sea of dirty food and the only undirty food was that animal. I'd like to propose that too, because I think that's, mm. you know what I, if, do you know what, if, when, if, you know what was, I'm saying? If, yeah, absolutely. You're I a poor dude living out in the middle of fucking Kansas, and in, in the in, in your the all you have is hot dogs and Doritos, or you can go in the backyard and catch a raccoon and eat them and feed them oh. to your family. <laughs> I I would, I I feel I I, I can't be certain because right. I'm not in that position and I've never been faced with that type of decision before because I do have a plethora of options here and it's right. so easy to get types of food that I want, right. but I feel like I would. For the sake of another living being, yeah, I would make do with what is available to me without the killing involved, yeah. and that's a it's a it's a tough one. But I feel like if it was gonna if let's say if that was going to if say eating the dirty plant food was going to reduce my lifespan by fifty percent, maybe. Maybe not, but that's something I've never thought about. That's a that's an interesting question. But if it's something that is well, not it's, it's it's a real problem, right? I mean, there's a ton of dirty food. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally agree. And dirty food that looks clean but it's not clean. 
Yeah, 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 100%. I do agree. And I feel like that's probably where our society is at to a point where we need to start looking at practices that we can implement to be better at what we're doing and to also not look past what can be done out of convenience or laziness or um, not wanting to, you know, pick up a shovel and, and dig some dirt and plant some trees and plant some vegetables and some fruit. Yeah. Do you eat a lot of fruit? Love fruit. Love it. I eat tons of fruit. Dates. I love dates. I love apples, bananas. Be- I eat berries like no tomorrow. I love berries. What about uh, um, uh, papaya? I had a whole, I had like almost a whole papaya today to myself. Yeah. I haven't had one in a little while actually. Um, but the, the main things that I keep, that I keep going back to on a regular basis. So like when I do my endurance races and even when I'm competing in CrossFit, dates are my go-to. They just have a really Me good too. amount of carbohydrates. I freaking love dates. And they also have a good amount of fiber as well. Good for the gut microbiome. I can eat a date with anything. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'll mix it with anything. Yeah. It doesn't even yeah. matter. Um, for a while, I was t- I would take a pound of ground beef yep. and uh, and blend uh, two two dates with it. Yeah, it's like a and just eat it And just eat it raw. Yeah, savory sweet mix. I've been I've been known to do like a savory, you know, tempeh bowl and then just cover it full of chopped up apple and strawberries and raspberries and kiwi. Chuck it all in there. Um no 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 um no milk either. No milk. No milk. That's a stupid question. I apologize. <laughs> not at all almost seems like i'm not listening but i am i promise uh, extra sloppy i was raised with livestock and hunting i've never been compelled to take a picture of one after killing one james is spot on it's agonizing what do you mean what about J- I, I, I i'm i how about james and sevon were spot on <laughs> I, 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 i'm not i'm not, I, I told just told you i was fr- i didn't like it when the when they, the fishing pole and the fish flops up i fucking hate that shit yeah I, I watched the um, uh, many years ago. I watched the the video on the 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 on the the whatever the donate animals website is PETA. Yep. And it was fucking brutal. And it took me probably it's like a twenty seven minute video, and it probably took me six hours to get through. I had to keep stopping it and come back because I was pouring tears. Uh, and I probably on. didn't eat meat for like two weeks after that. Yeah, it was nuts. It's pretty full on and. That's that's what really triggers me when 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 there's what sushi. What about sushi? Sushi, fish? Yeah, no, 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 no sushi. And what triggered me was that I never wanted to visually see any of that stuff. It would make me upset, and I would turn a blind a blind eye to it and just look away, never watch it, and purposely batted away every time it came towards me and there was a reason for it there was i didn't want to watch it because it was distressing it was distressing for me to watch it but imagine how distressing it is for the animal that has to go through it it's just not worth it it's not it's not and especially when it's not out of necessity like we don't well we do not need it to do all the cool things that we want to do and if it comes down to a taste factor your taste in my opinion and I don't put my opinion out there that much when it comes to this stuff because I know it's never going to hit home the way it should. Um, and I feel like my efforts are better spent elsewhere um, and showcasing what it, how you can do it. But taste should never override the right for an, a being to live peacefully and happily and without being tortured 
and feeling fear and feeling that sadness and being stripped away from its calf moments after it's born, all that type of stuff. I just doesn't sit well with me. And when it doesn't sit well with me to the point where it makes me shake, then I know that there's something underlying for me and that's what resonates with me. And that sits in my values at a very high priority. And so that's why I know that it's not right for me to do it. And after how do you not course, judge other people? How do you not do that? You think you could marry? You think you think you could be with a woman who eats me? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't feel like you know. I, I've been in a position before where I just that was what I grew up with. I ate meat growing up. I drank milk growing up. I just didn't know the ins and outs, and I didn't also understand myself enough at the same time. I didn't understand the reason as to why like I got sad or why I cried when my mouse died when I was 10, 10 years old or why I felt so bad about seeing animals um, suffering or all that type of stuff. I didn't know myself enough at the time. And I also am empathetic to the fact that not everybody has gone through a thought process or a, a situation that triggered that in me. It's some people might do it at 15. Some people might do it at 25. I did mine at 27 or 28. Some people might not do it until they're 50 and maybe they never do it. And that is not for me to judge um, at all. So no, I, I could for sure. And I would never be an overbearing, or oh, you shouldn't be eating that. I'm never like that. It's, you know, each to their own and, People are on a. People are all on their own journeys at any one time, and I can't dictate where someone sits in their journey. That's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing that you don't uh, judge other people for it. My wife was a vegan. She would get pretty much. Uh, she'd want to throw up if I if around the smell of bacon. Right. And then she got pregnant, and we went out one time, and she ordered a hamburger. Oh wow. And I was just sitting there being like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and then she just she just started just craving meat like crazy, and she just went with it. Well, you never – like, see, I don't know the ins and outs of the biology to this degree. Me neither. Like, and, and I wasn't – I'm not saying – by the way, just so you know, I'm not saying to justify it. I'm just sharing no. a story at all. Yeah, no, no, of course. And, like, there, there might be – like, I'm just spitballing here, and this could be true, could be absolute rubbish. But maybe there was – you know, while she was pregnant, maybe there was something, a, a particular uh, a particular action that was activated or a particular gut microbe that was activated to say, I need more iron. I need more of this. I know where to get it from. It's from this. And right. here is now why you want it or craving it because we need it to support what's happening on the inside. Maybe that's the case. Right. Maybe that's a thing. Not oh, quite sure. What, what, how do you, what do you think, what do you do about pesticides? I, I, I love eating fruits and vegetables, but I always trip on pesticides. Like every, like every time and I'm, and I'm washing broccoli and like, I'm like, what am I really washing off here? Like yeah. there's millions of little, like, you know, like heads and shit or like berries. I got a basket of raspberries. I'm like, Oh, I'm running water over them. Yay. Yeah. I think like, um, what the fuck is this doing? Well, typically Ideally, I think it's I think it's a great idea to wash all your fruits and vegetables for sure. Um, and typically, what I have been told in the past, and this is coming as secondhand knowledge here, is that if the skin is thin, 
try and get organic. If the skin is thick, you can go conventional, but you should wash it all anyway. That's Do you have I, a, I have a vegetable brush. Do you have one of those? No, I don't. Oh, dude. Okay, cool. Here we oh, go. Okay. I've never even seen one of these. Oh, bro. Are you, you got them, Caleb, or am I getting them? You, you're a good dude. It's like, it's made of like... Uh, Soft bristles? Yeah, it's like some sort of plant matter. It's like oh. one of those brooms like that they use in India, and it's little. You hold it in your hand like this, and I do. It's like uh, we don't peel our carrots in our house. We just yep. you just yep. br- brush this thing like to death. Yeah. Same with yep. cucumbers. Brush the cucumbers, apples. You just brush it. And I actually saw something. I have no idea if this is true. I've shared this with a couple people. They've told me I'm a complete fucking wackadoodle for saying this. But I saw this thing on Instagram where a guy was saying that water that comes out of your tap it isn't the proper pH to rinse insecticides off because it doesn't make it water soluble. And they even did like a, or yeah. those insecticides are only water soluble at a certain pH. And he even showed you in, yeah. in cups. I don't know if it's true. Yeah. I, I have, I have seen those types of um, uh, experiments before with getting the acid water and then putting yeah. the acid water over your veggies and it, it breaks down or it helps to strip off any of the pesticides that still residue that still might be on the fruits yeah. and veggies. I have seen that before and I do believe it's a good thing. And I'm basing that off just my, my thought pattern. I have no science to back any of this stuff up, but I also do think that whatever we're putting on the fruits and veggies to stop the bugs from getting to them would probably also be wreaking some havoc on our gut microbes and the bacteria. Oh, bro. bro. I do feel like that is a thing and I feel like that needs to be considered. And I think if we wanted to be operating at the highest level, everything that we would be eating would be organic. And now I know people will come out of the woodwork and say, they're fucking idiots. They don't know. What's the viability of this? It's going to cost this much more, blah, 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 blah. I understand. Ideally, we're probably all growing our own stuff in our backyard in, you know, doing it biodynamically of some description. I'm not, I'm definitely not in agriculture. I don't know these things, but putting pesticides that are going to keep bugs away from stuff and we're ingesting it. I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. Um, Um, In, I can't believe I'm going to tell the story. This is the story I told. I'm going to be very careful. They got kicked me off of YouTube in, 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 uh, Right after the American Civil War, it was, it was late 1860s, uh, there was a shortage of cotton. And so Americans were looking for other ways to get fiber. So they started bringing um, caterpillars uh, that spin silk over from Europe to the United States. They brought this one called the gypsy moth. And what they do is they take the cocoon and then they boil it in water. You probably don't like that because then the, the butterfly dies, but bear with me. And then they take it when they boil it in water, the cocoon turns into one long string. And they were trying to breed the perfect moth that would make the perfect cocoon that would make the perfect thread. When they did that, those moths got exposed to the United States. And in 1890, there was a gypsy moth and it started destroying everything in the United States. And so that from 1890 to 1952, they sprayed arsenic and lead and DDT on all the fruits and vegetables in this country, and it was mandatory by law, by the order of the U.S. government. And if you want to read what that did, there's a book called The Moth and the Iron Lung. And all the fucking lies, all the fucking lies that we've been told about yeah. like, like crazy shit. Yeah. And it just happened again in 2020. Mm. Uh, uh, again, 
uh, in the on the world stage, we watched it. Just the same fucking trick happened in Society Fell for It. It's crazy. This is the book. I highly recommend this book, dude. This book is amazing. But unfortunately, it made me a little paranoid about um, yeah, uh, fruits yeah. and vegetables. Well, crazy book. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is, <laughs> look at someone's like, see you in a week, Sevon. I'm gonna get kicked off again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was careful. I didn't. Hey, listen. If you, uh, WHO guidelines are my preferred world health organization. I get all your nutritional and the medical advice from there. Thank you. Yes. Good save. Good save. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And the 49ers are my favorite team. That's what I call it. The 49ers. Yeah. Okay. So, so, but that is, that is, I, I'm glad you said that. So basically it, it, um, my dad told me that at a young age, if it kills them, it kills you. Like if you're spraying rape raid in your house to get rid of ants, like, like, there's you're gonna you're breathing that shit into and it's all over your bench tops and you're touching it and you're touching that you're touching your face and it's like it's a transfer effect and whilst a lot of people would be like hey i'm too busy to worry about this type of stuff it's like okay it doesn't have to be a worry you just don't just don't have to do it right like that's, that's i'm not asking of- you to do something i'm asking you to stop doing something yeah i'm doing asking you to do less <laughs> do you so no uh, it was interesting. I um, there's this friend of mine, Andrew Hiller, and when I look at him, he's so like fastidious and clean and like perfect. And then I was talking to him the other day. He was on. He comes on the podcast a lot. This guy says he doesn't use soap. Then I had Hunter McIntyre on here the other day, and I said something about soap. He's like, I don't use soap either. I can't believe there's so many people. I don't use really soap either, even though yeah. I like I like lather. I don't use shampoo, but I yeah. do use some like uh, I like lathering my pubes and my armpit. But you don't yeah. use any of that. You don't even use a bar of like like some sort of like just like no hippie i do shit no i've got some hippie stuff for my dreads because uh-huh. a lot of sweat gets stuck in here so i do wash my dreads on a regular basis but it's just a, a local it's like a local uh plant mix organic plant mix one so it's not what you'd get from the shops but i don't use soap i haven't used soap i don't use deodorant I actually yeah, deodorant a, stupid. yeah i don't do deodorant i created a um like a plant-based um cologne it's a balm with my brother um it's actually supposed to be getting launched later this year um but it's just a, a completely plant-based um chemical free no, no nothing nothing synthetic or artificial um just it literally just comes from ground up plants and yeah you just rub it on and it's almost like an essential oil to a degree um but it doesn't doesn't have any nasties in it so i was like oh if i ever want to smell ultra nice rather than just smelling i kind of smell neutral i don't smell like anything really ever um, and I've always been like that, even since I was like a, a teenager from memory, I just never have smelled. So, um, even if I'm super sweaty, um, so decided if I ever want to smell a particular way, I'll create my own plant-based, um, my own plant-based cologne that I could wear as like an essential oil. It's interesting to me that you put anything in your dreads because I don't do anything to my hair. I just do this. <laughs> yeah right yeah if i don't i get out of the shower and i just do that to it yeah if i don't put anything in here like it just i'm sweating i'm sweating quite profusely i sweat a little too i exercise a little too don't start fronting on me i exercise i sweat i know you do but it just it gets all caught up in there and if it's sitting if it's sitting in sweat like all these like if sweat sits in there for too long it's not fun time why what happens oh it just it just builds up and it feel it feels terrible it doesn't have the like it doesn't have the best smell. Um, and then, but I do go in the ocean a fair bit. So I do jump in the ocean and I kind of wash it in the ocean as well. I get in there and get a little salty, but to the degree that, um, 
I when I go get my dreads retightened, the girl who does my dreads, she's like, you need to get stuck into that scalp. You need to you need to get it all shifted around. But she gives me this beautiful organic stuff that's made locally here over at a uh, a dread like a dread place that they they grow all their own stuff. Why do you have dreads? So originally I had them just because I wanted the convenience of, I wanted to grow my hair long and then it started dreading up at the back and getting all matted. And then I thought, you know what, if I'm going to grow this hair long, I don't want it to be a fuss or a thing. So I just said, I'll just dread the whole lot and I don't have to worry about it. And I kind of just did it from there. And then I just have never really looked back. I just kind of just dreaded it up. And now I just go get it tinkered with every 10 weeks. They just retighten all the roots, tighten up all the ends and then kind of just sits there. I do nothing really with it. Are they getting longer? I actually chopped half of them off at the end of last year. So they, oh. were, double, they were double this length. So that was real? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's in the Y dreads. Uh, uh, there's a Y dreads link, Caleb. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I chopped <laughs> half of them off. And that would have been just around that time, probably that, later that week. Stand by, people. Wait, wait till you see this. Uh, two, two, two links below that. There's a a, a clip titled uh, "Is this your girlfriend?" Uh, yeah, that, that's that's my ex. That's your ex girlfriend. This Paige. this this girl right here is your ex girlfriend. Yeah, that's so. In so after Kayla, I was dating Paige for almost a year. Yeah. Holy shit! Wow. What happened? <laughs> yeah. What happened with her? J- just. Yeah, we like again. We still we still talk. We're still we're still friends. We um we still help each other out with business stuff. But we just kind of also we said to each other when we first got together that if we ever both decide that this wasn't going, this wasn't you know as thrilling or as exciting, or we didn't um we're just gonna play this play this journey to go along this journey as far as we both feel like it's it's a thing and we and enjoying it. And then we both got to the point where we decided that we just were not vibing it anymore. And we just said, yeah, let's just be friends instead. And that took, you know, we were together nearly a year. So um, did you cry? I didn't cry a little bit. No, I didn't. Mm. No. Right. I, and I'm not, I'm def, I'm not, a, I'm not a crier really. Like I, I'm, and, and it's not saying that it's like a bad thing. Like I feel like it's completely fine to cry. I have cried before about other things. Um, but, you want, do, you, do you need to look at her again to, to, to make sure that maybe you should have cried? <laughs> no, nah, I, so I was on FaceTime with her the other day. It's all fine. <laughs> oh, nah, it was, shit. I think I would have. I would have. Look at, look at, look at. I, I know, right? Ken Walters, I'm crying for you. I know. Nah, thanks, Ken. This motherfucker, he's going to turn 60 and look back at that picture, Ken, and be like, what the fuck? Well, the, the good thing about Paige... Paige and, and my relationship, I didn't cry because I knew that we would stay friends um, deep down, even though it was a bit of an emotional time for the both of us, whilst I didn't let tears out and not because I think it's masculine to do so. Like, like I paint my nails for heaven's sake. So it's not a masculine thing for me not to cry. It's just that I felt okay with what the journey had presented and the way that I got to connect with Paige. I felt fine about it. Um, I was sad for sure. I was sad because, you know, we'd had like in that 12, in that 12 month period, we did so much fun stuff together. It was insane. It was 
we were doing marathons and Ironmans and powerlifting comps and we were traveling and we were playing golf. We were doing all the coolest stuff and we were like just big kids that had money that could go out and just do whatever we wanted. We want to fly here and do this. We want to go stay here for the weekend. We could do that. And we had we built a shipping container together. What that photo that you brought up of me doing the table, we would we would build furniture and we'd sell it on Gumtree. And we were just wow. like, we we're just having a crack at just having fun. And we were just doing all the things we wanted to do. And I was really content at the fact that we had such a blast and we were ending it again on good terms because and I was sad, yes, that I didn't get to, I wouldn't get to experience more of those things, but I wasn't sad at the fact that we were splitting up for a um uh, a negative reason yeah like that was a that was Paige's first half Ironman and it was a blast like we had a we had such a good time um and I'm sure we probably will do some more of this stuff at some point like there will probably be a time where we say hey do you want to go to this hike or do you want to go to climb this mountain and you know or skinny dipping or skinny dipping yeah yeah and she'd probably be down for that too like yeah she's 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 also a very beautiful person who has a great moral compass and also loves to have fun. Um, but she is like, she's unapologetically herself all the time, which is something I really love about Paige is that she is just who she is and she owns it. And she's, she, she's just a good person. Like I, I can't say enough good things about her. And like, and I never, I've never dated like my two, my two largest long-term relationships with Kayla, Kayla and Paige and both beautiful people. I wouldn't have been with them otherwise. Um, and yeah. both of those ended on good terms. Uh, Brian, God, this show is this show is so cool. People, I these people pay me to say the coolest shit. Uh, Brian, uh, with his cute, cute kid, a bowl haircut. I used to have that. The world would be astounding if people were a quarter as compassionate as Mister James Newberry is. Doesn't matter the diet. James, thanks for being so true to your beliefs and being so down to earth sharing it. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. It's very kind. Very yeah, kind. It's super kind. Um uh moral moral of my rant, grow and kill what you eat. That's an opinion of uh privilege, tons of space up at more um, grow and kill what you eat. Grow and kill what you eat. That's an opinion. I got. I just see the word privilege, and I want to tell you to just eat a dick. Sorry, Brandon. I, I'm not even sure what you're saying, but I just like the fuck. Like the uh, Hunter Biden was privileged. His fucking teeth are rotting out of his mouth because he smoked crack. It's like there's no one. There's no one. Jay Z wasn't privileged, and he's a fucking billionaire. Like what the fuck is privilege mean? I just hate the word. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, how about he had a good dad? I'll go with that. You had a good dad. You had a good mom and dad. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, right. Is that fair? You had a good mom and dad. Oh, I had a great mom and dad. They were awesome. Honestly, they were. Couldn't have asked. They are. They are awesome. Not were. Are. Yeah. Oh, they are. They are. Yeah, they're. Okay. They're <laughs> the best. Freaking best. Yeah. I can't. Um. Yeah. Everyone says. You know. Everybody does say. Well, everyone. Most people say. I just had like just the best upbringing. Had the best parents, and I couldn't ask for any better parents. Uh, Brandon Graham. Uh, you missed the whole rant. Say, okay. I apologize. I take that back. Sorry. You're right. You're right. I. I don't even know what you were talking about. I'm sorry. I apologize. I just saw I'm tricked. I'm tri I'm not perfect. I, I have a little, I used to be a libtard. There's a little wokeness in me. I'm sorry. I still get triggered. No, I haven't reached full enlightenment. yet. So That's funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Um, uh, so, um, arginine is, uh, so 2020. 
Now it's uh, citrulline. It's the second time I've heard it. Hunter was on here telling me about citrulline, and I learned about citrulline from your Instagram. Yeah. And citrulline I get, is the precursor to arginine. Yeah. And for some reason, you want the precursor instead of the. So the so what from what from what my explanation has been about this, and what Matt has described to me, and Matt Matt's the guru when it comes to biology, science, all of the cool stuff surrounding amino acids, surrounding gut microbiome, surrounding postbiotics, and all of that type of stuff. Citrulline is like the middleman between arginine and glutamine. And we have a good store of our glutamine around in our gut lining. We also have the ability to convert citrulline down the path that if it wants to replenish and convert into glutamine to do that job, or it can go down the path to go to arginine. If oh. we just load up on arginine, we're only supplying the arginine factor. Whereas we have the ability to do both if we do the, if we have citrulline, so it can work as a vasodilator or it can go down the path to helping the gut lining replenish its uh, glutamine stores. So it's kind of a, a funky thing. But the thing is with citrulline is it's probably better taken on a smaller dose on a daily basis than a huge, massive dose to promote that vasodilation or that pump that you're kind of looking for when you're going into the gym. Yes, you can probably get it out of five to seven grams of citrulline if you want to dose it down today and get it go to the gym and get a huge pump going. But a small dose on a daily basis will just make sure that you're in track in check on both sides of the spectrum. Do you notice the pump from citrulline? Um, the idea, so I don't take a lot of citrulline. So on a, on a regular basis, I'm probably doing no more than say 1500 milligrams. So not a lot, but a day, a day. Yeah. A day. Yeah. And reason being is because I'm looking for performance and if I get too much pump, then it slows down my ability to, exercise i don't want to get pumped when i'm doing a crossfit workout i don't want to get pumped when i'm going for a run because it'll inhibit how i move and how i function so the idea is you know for a bodybuilder is to get pumped to swell the muscle to expand that fascia and to to uh to like engorge that muscle area whereas for a crossfitter we want we want free flowing muscles that don't get um uh, don't get gorged we want that flow-on effect to happen. So we want we want to have vasodilation to the point where we can shuttle um, oxygen and nutrients throughout the body and all that type of stuff, but we don't want to get to the pump where we're so pumped up that we can't move and slow our functioning and our uh, contractions down. So I don't want to have a, a pump formula before I go to a CrossFit workout. You, you, and you, can take our, you can take a big dose of arginine and just get a raging heart on. Yeah, yeah, raging. I have seen that too. Yeah, and the funny, the funny thing about that as it's well. It's crazy. The funny thing about that as well, I feel like arginine kind of smells like sperm at the same time. Have you ever smelt that? I haven't smelt it, but it tastes fucking horrible because I just take it in powder form. Smell it next time. Okay. Smell take, it. What is semen? Semen, I, I do know what the smell of semen. See, oh, semen yeah. smells kind of bleachy to me, right? It's bleachy and, smell. And arginine smells the same. Oh, Interesting. <laughs> um how how are you on time mate i'm great this is we're saturday here and so just i'm cruising i'm i've got nothing i've got i'm here for you guys as long as you need okay um i'm going to play uh um uh oh, i think i'm gonna play like a 55 second uh shit where is that do you know where that thing is caleb where it's supposed to, it's i make the 55 second clip where i get made fun of uh, i think yeah, you made it maybe yeah. Okay, I'm going to use the restroom, take a quick pee break, 55 seconds, we'll be right back with James Newberry. What is with this guy, you know? If Howard Stern and Joe Rogan had a baby, you'd be looking at him. 
Remember, the people were live, so don't, like, start picking your nose or pull your dick out or anything crazy like that. And this is why this is the greatest show on the internet, because there's a comment here that says a lot of pre-cum, and then right after, there's a comment that says it's so sad. Let's go back to hand jobs. People without their names, and they, uh... <laughs> no one clipped that and played that on the internet. A thumb with a mustache, yes. A thumb... <laughs> Listen, a guy named Johan Lopez called you a thumb with a mustache. Wow. I'm going to shit myself. Man, that Sevon podcast is dull as shit. Okay, you guys have a great day. Okay. You too. Thanks for calling. Mwah. <laughs> no. I was no. feeling familial like it was my mom I was talking to. <laughs> oh, my God. That cracked me out. That was good. I wasn't back in time? It was you almost it was perfect. You sat down as it cut out. Oh, phew. Okay. I mean, uh, good. We lost a bunch of listeners. That's good. Now I'm going to tell you the secret that I used to do. When I, when I was a young man, a little bit younger than you, I had a harem. Are you familiar with what a harem is? Yeah. Is that, is that like a, is that a, um, uh, is that like a brothel? No, no, no. Harem is like when you have, it's like, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, uh, Muslim household reserved for wives, concubines, and female servants. Yeah. I didn't have a house with them in it, but I, but I lived in this town where I had j- j- just all of these women, yeah. friends, int- mm-hmm. intimate. I was dating many women, in- intimate, many intimate relationships. Oh, uh, yeah, cool. And you have to, and to have a harem, you have to be extremely honest. Like if, if, you, if you're a liar, it's called cheating. If you're honest, it's called a harem. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. I see. Okay. And there was this trick that I learned. You could take a shitload of arginine and then two Vicodin or one Vicodin. And it would be, it would be the perfect, you would have this hard on, but it'd be a little numb. For days. It, was like, it was like completely taming the penis, but, but you yeah. would have this wicked fucking penis <laughs> anyway. Okay, I love we that. Should, we should I go. Never knew, I never knew this about you. Yeah, that was a that was a a tidbit. I'm no doctor. I'm joking. I just made that up. That story is not true at all. I don't recommend anyone take arginine and Vicodin. In or, but man, imagine what you could do with the penis on arginine with a little Vicodin to take the edge off, so you don't accidentally let one fly out of the chamber too soon. There you go. There you go. I love it. I love yeah, it. There's a bit of a bit of a pharmacist in my day. Okay, uh, let's do lactic acid for dummies. Um, if you don't mind. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, so, go ahead. Go ahead. So um, what is lactic acid? I always just think of it as it's just I'm burning. Like I'm doing something. It starts to burn. Yeah. So um, we actually recently had Dr. Mike Todorovich. He's got a very large YouTube channel. Um, it's called Dr. Mike. And he's also got a mate um, who they basically talk about biology, talk about the mechanics of how the body works. He's also a lecturer at the local university here on the Gold Coast. And He's been talking about, he could probably actually have one of his, he's got one of his clips on, on his Instagram. It talks about the, the lactate pathway, pyruvate Krebs cycle type stuff. And so what we once thought was the process or what was inhibiting our muscle contraction was a buildup of lactic acid or lactate. It's usually interchangeably used lactate and lactic acid. But what we're finding is that that lactate is, is produced to pick up the other bite. So when we go down the, Krebs cycle and that pyruvate system byproducts are created one of those byproducts is lactate and so as we want to recycle and reuse that lactate that lactate comes up to pick up all of these 
hydrogen ions that are built up, which is typically what is inhibiting the muscle contraction, picks them up, scavenges them, and then takes them back to the start of the probate system to basically, it's like a redox pathway that re reuses the burnt fuel or the leftover fuel. So instead of it being an inhibitor, it actually might be a good thing. So for, for years and years and years, we thought buffering the lactate or figuring out a way to buffer the lactic acid by using things like bicarb might have been somewhat of a bad thing um, or something that is inhibiting our ability to recycle this byproduct that comes out of the Krebs cycle. So what we're looking at now is how can we invigorate our cells to generate and to recycle that waste product faster and faster and faster? What is going to um, elicit a better response or a faster process of this happening? Um, so we're looking at lots of ways that we can do it. And you probably heard of the gut, the gut brain axis, like what we're figuring out as well these days is that there is such connection between gut muscle axis, gut fat axis, gut hormone axis, all these different axes all come from the gut. And we also have this, uh, this mucosa lining around basically all, all of the interior of our body. And that mucosa lining is surrounded and filled with anaerobe microbes as well, which are lactate. Like, so they they feed on the lactate or the, the, the burnt, the burnt fuel. So let me ask us, you this really quick. Sorry. Sorry. So is, is, is lactic acid made for, uh, is it a byproduct of mitochondria? Yeah. It's a byproduct of the process in the pyruvate system. So that mitochondria that's, you probably know that as the powerhouse of the cell or that's a right. little engine right. of their cell. It's a battery pack in there. Right. So our ability for the mitochondria to generate energy, that's the process that has to go down for it to generate energy. So for us, if we can figure out ways to increase. So every time we exercise, we bring upon a response. That hormesis response to the exercise is letting our mitochondria adapt to the triggers that we have stimulated. So if we go for a 10K run and we're creating energy through a particular pathway, maybe we're, we're using our predominantly our aerobic system, our ability to recycle energy becomes more efficient because our mitochondria is adapting to the stimulus and it might be creating more mitochondria through mitochondrial biogenesis, or we might be creating more surface area on the inside the mitochondria to hold and store more energy. So the more surface area we have, the more energy we can produce. So every time we are exposed to a stress, whether that's a an acute an acute stress like training stress, or whether it's you know a hunger fasting stress, or whether it's a um, a heat stress, a cold stress, all these adaptations, all these stimuluses create adaptations for us to become accustomed with. And every time we tap into that type of stress we're eliciting a response. And some of these responses are dealing with CO2 better, you know, building up CO2 tolerance from exercise or nasal breathing or breath work of some description. And also these types of things we're looking at as like, okay, now that we've got this stress adaption, how can we make the response or how can we make the process of dealing with this type of stuff more efficient for us? The reason why I asked if it was a byproduct of the mitochondria is I wonder if what you eat then matters on on that recycling process because because I, I i think quality of food quality of sugars for sure kinds of sugar definitely affect the mitochondria i, I, I wonder i do agree and the reason i agree is because everything that we consume uh 
everything that we consume has to be digested. And when it's digested, we either utilize some of those nutrients, some of those prebiotic fibers, those things that are being digested, they're being digested by microbes down the line, whether we're, whether we're digesting them through our own, our own biological enzymes or whether they're prebiotic fibers that have to be digested by the microbes. Every time we do that, they're triggering a response. So that response would be a postbiotic. It could be a butyrate. It could be a propionate. It could be all these different postbiotics. Those postbiotics could be, you know, the process of making more B12 or could be the process of making more um, uh, branched-chain amino acids. But every time we do this, we're also eliciting a response from our epigenetic expression. So we either are turning genes on or turning them off. And from what we can see, eating shitty food produces a poor epigenetic expression, which is what makes you overweight and what makes you less fit and what makes you susceptible to disease and viruses. Every time that we have... Oh, did you hear that last part, people? Anyway, go on. So if we can supply ourselves with good quality food that have an abundance of polyphenols, phytonutrients, quality, quality chemicals along the way. So every food that we eat has an abundance of a particular thing. And either you've got good stuff, you've got bad stuff. And what we have seen, the, the good stuff elicits a better response inside the body. And this is what I always say to people to keep it super simple, because again, I'm not an expert in this by any means. Um, I have people that are experts in it and I rely on them for this and type of information. But anyone who wants to get great performance out of their body and who wants to be the top tier in the world, the top 1% in whatever the field that they're in, be as healthy as you can and you will probably be able to achieve that result better. Um, you know, aside from looking outside the spectrums of, you know, PEDs, um, which I don't recommend or, or, um, implore, like, I just don't think I would not sacrifice years off my life for a gold medal in anything. It's not something that I would want to do or risk in doing, but uh, th I think uh, this is a compliment in your country. What a sick cunt, so much <laughs> knowledge, right? That's a compliment in Australian talk, right? Yeah, that's a very good. That's a. I'm. I feel. I'm humbled. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like. I like what. So all this chemical process takes place in the mitochondria. Hey, tell me this because you lost me a little bit. But tell me, this, is is it a misnomer to say I, you have lactic acid buildup? Then is that is that not is that not correct? Is that really something that doesn't happen? Is it right away absorbed? That is. That's actually a very good question. I probably couldn't give you a precise. I couldn't give you an accurate answer to that i know someone who could i know someone who could tell you but i would dare say that there would be a buildup of lactate or lactic acid that may not be being recycled as quickly as what you would need but i believe the effect or the pain that you feel or those receptors i, I believe it's called nociception and that pain that you feel that burning sensation in your legs when you're you're doing repetitive squats on a regular basis like they're doing you know you're repping out i don't know or deadless for instance let's look at um jackie or, or no, sorry jackie uh or Fran, let's say you're repping out thrusters and you're doing Fran. Um, that burning sensation, I believe, is a buildup of the hydrogen ions at the end of the process refers to central nervous system. Yeah, perception, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the notion of stimuli, it's either we're getting, it's a perception of we've actually been pricked with something or it's something that is an underlying uh, underlying stimuli that's not actually, you know, like a, you know, a, a knife digging in or something like that. So... Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I feel like it's not a lot. It, it might be a combination. It could actually be a combination of both lactate buildup 
and also the hydrogen ion buildup inside the muscles that are giving you that perception of that burning feeling. A person that would know this back to front is um, Mike Todorovic. He is one of the smartest dudes I've ever spoken to. Is that Mate. the Fibia? Is that your Fibia partner? No, no, that's Matt. That's Matty Leg. Oh. And Matt is absolutely genius when it comes to um, when it comes to the chemical, the chemicals inside all of these amazing herb. Yeah, that's Dr. Mike T. He's a legend, and he's so smart. So, like, if you look at some of his videos, they're freaking awesome. Does he speak right. English? Yeah, yeah, oh. he does. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to follow him right now. He he does some awesome stuff. Okay, that's the only uh, criteria that you have to have to um, be on the show. Let me see, uh, Doctor M I K Mike, uh, Doctor Mike Madison. No, Doctor Mike. Tidorbit. Oh shit! I have Doctor Mile. Feeling mess around with our blood pressure and our heart rate. Let's take a look at how. So the Valsalva maneuver is when you try. To Hey, did you did you get your blue check mark before you had to pay for them? Yes. Yes. I feel like I need a black one or something now or a gold one or a bronze one or something. Something yeah. different. I, I fucking love it that uh, you can buy them now because I just feel like it's undermining everyone who had one yeah. beforehand. Yeah, right? Yeah. And if you're like a real stickler for it, you'd just be – you'd be skyrocketed. I was just like, oh, well, it, everyone that – I was like, wow, there are so many blue ticks sliding into my DMs lately. I'm just yeah. Like, must be getting popular. And then I was like, oh, no, everyone can get one now. <laughs> yeah, everyone get one. And, you know, I, I made a post where I was poo-pooing them. I was, like, saying that, like, hey, it's just clout chasing. But actually, I, I should probably refine that. If you're actually making money off of your blue check mark, let's say that supposedly the blue check mark gives you better access to people because it rises you up in their inbox. It makes your post rise to the top, and it, and it generates your post to come up more. Well, you know, if you have a business, you know what I mean? You're, let's say you're selling a bathing suit called Le Boys. And you don't have a blue check mark yet, then then it makes sense to buy it, I guess, because it yep. pushes it to the front. Yep. yep. But I mean, if yep. you have eight hundred followers, and I don't know, probably I should be less judgmental like you. It's fine. I want to. <laughs> I take everything back I said in my post earlier today. <laughs> no, I totally get it. I totally get it. But um, you know, if I was in the position where I didn't have one, and getting one would increase the ability, increase my presence for my business. I would yeah. One. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you've hung out with some amazing people. Th this picture uh, at the top, uh, is, it's a picture of you and Chad McKay and uh, Cara Saunders and Tia. This is a crazy picture. Rob oh, Forte. I have not seen that photo in a very long time. That's that was so that was the first invitational training session that we ever did in 2017, I believe it was. And Chad was the coach. Look, look, God, Chad McKay was great. Do you ever see him? I don't see him, but he is like my favorite CrossFitter of all time. Chad yeah. is the best. Yeah. Yeah. And how about Ricky? Do you get to see Ricky? I never, I haven't seen Ricky in a, in a good while. Um, I just heard that he broke his bloody shoulder though. I know. That sucks. I'm so bummed for him. I'm a, bit, I'm, a, I'm a bit devastated about it. I don't want to see him put on a show this year, but um Nevertheless, I know he'll be back. He's he's pretty um he's pretty resilient. And and how about uh Tia? She's in the states now. You don't see her anymore. Um, I only see Tia when I go back to the states. But when I spent some time over there in twenty twenty one, um, it was a blast, and it was probably the hardest training camp I'd ever done in my entire life. Like I was buckled. It, so the difference between training with Tia in 2018, 2019, 
was that every year, so Shane was very particular about always recording what Tia did on a on a week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year basis, and then increasing it as time went on. So when she moved to the States in 2018 or the back end of 2018, early 2019, I think it was the end of 2018, I continued training. But then during 2020, there was just nothing really on. So I decided to get ready for an Ironman instead and just play around with whatever competitions I could get my hands on. When I came back around to 2021, I was like, you know what? I might have another run at the CrossFit Games. I'll have a crack again. The difference in workload, volume, intensity, that year that I missed set me back a lot. So jumping into the 2021 training camp in Nashville with those guys, I was I was taken back a step just because it was intense and it was high volume. And we were sometimes on Saturdays, we we're in the gym for like eight hours. So I had to try and adapt really quickly, but I probably should have done less training to adapt better. I probably, I probably overtrained to a degree and then was underperforming to a degree um, because I was trying to keep up with what everyone's doing. And I have such FOMO when I see people doing stuff, I can't say no, or I can't formulate an excuse in my head as to why I shouldn't be doing it. I was like, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Was that your responsibility? That was you dropped the ball. That's not yeah. like a, a Shane um, or someone that's your. No. So I should have probably understood that the running components of the training I would be able to handle because I did do a lot of endurance training in the years that I, the year of CrossFit that I didn't really do. Like I didn't do much CrossFit during that year of 2020, but yeah. I probably should have built into a strength like phase because I, I felt like my nervous system was really buckled by the end. Like I was struggling to power clean like 120 kilos, things like that. And I was like, that shouldn't be a thing. So now a day is when I train, I do four sessions, four CrossFit sessions a week, maybe sometimes five. If someone really like says, come do this session, but typically it's four. I'll do four morning classes a week. But every time I walk into the gym, I feel strong. Like I feel really strong, but I'm only training an hour a day. Um, whereas back then you get to the point where you feel weak, but then the taper comes into effect and you feel then amazing. Are you qualified right now? Did you do the quarterfinals or did you do that? You did that. Yeah. And, and, and how, and how are you? Where are you? I'm, I ranked in, so I had a score, I had a score, uh, reassessed because my, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. So, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So I ended up finishing up in, I think it's 27th place. Um, so I do, I'm going to Torian. I'm going to compete in Torian. Um, but prior to the score muck up, um, third. You had a camera go off or something. Yeah. So that was the wad, the in the, in the wad pro guy stood up for you, right? He did. Yeah. He, um, he went in, checked my QR code and he said the Ram, the Ram on my phone maxed out and said, I left too many apps open in the background. Um, and then from there, I just made sure I put two cameras on, um, because like I was, whilst I'm doing the open, uh, I did the open with no expectations. I'm doing, did the quarters with no expectations. And if I said, if I made it through, yes, I'll compete. Um, but in saying that, like I, I should have probably set up two cameras, um, which I did for the last two workouts, but I did miss, I got like half of the workout three someone realized it had turned off for two minutes and then we flipped it back on. So I got the start and the finish. So I got the first like two and a half minutes and the last two and a half minutes and missed a two minute gap in between. And um, yeah, so they just gave me a score for the first two and a half, two minutes, 45 or something like that. What workout was that? That one, Number three. that one you got four fifty six, or, Oh, that one you took 195th on. Yeah. 
So um, walk me through this. You're doing the workout and somewhere in the middle of it, someone, does someone actually say to you, James, or they're like, no, don't interrupt them. And they just started up without telling you. No. So, so basically I was doing the workout. I got up to like, I think starting round four or five and someone Wait, yelled what out. Are the movements? It was box jumps or something. What, what were the movements? I think it was burpee box jump overs, five burpee box jump overs, then a clean and jerk, then okay. five burpee box jump overs, two clean and jerk. Okay. And, and so on. And then basically someone went behind the camera and yelled at me as I was about to finish, I think, round three or round four. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, and said, dude. Bro, your camera's off. Your camera's not recording. And I was just like, I looked at my judge and he's just like, just keep going. Just keep going. I'm just like, there's storage. Just turn it back on. I said, close you the app. talk to the person? Back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was pretty cruisy through the workout. Like I was... I was making sure I wasn't missing reps. So my heart rate and my breath was under control. I was like, just flick it off, flick it off and turn the camera on and press record. So the first two minutes, 45 was done on Wadproof, And then the last two minutes of the workout was done on just regular recording. So I uploaded them both. Um, and then I just went and Vakey said it'd be cool if I just did the workout again, just to show people that I did it. And I redid it and beat it by almost a minute in terms of time frame. Um, just to show people that I wasn't making what, like, what did, it, and when you redid it, it was too late though, right? You couldn't submit it. Yeah. It was like a, it was like nearly a week. It was five days later, six days later. What does CrossFit say to you? I, I, here's, here's what I'm thinking. Let me, let me propose this idea to you that they, they see it's you. Everyone obviously knows who you are and they see that you're going to be in third place. You third best. You would be in third place, but they say, "Ah, if we give him the penalty, he still gets to go. It's no big deal." So they just gave you the penalty, and you still get to go. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that's probably the case. Um, and well, I, like, I just, like if like what if it would have knocked you into thirty seventh place? I don't think they would have done that to you. But by shit, I don't know. Yeah, I I honestly was it fifteen percent? Is that what you got? I got. I got credited. No, I, I think I got credited for what they could see. So I, I, they took it up to the two minutes 45 and they just gave me credit for that, I believe. Oh, shit. Wow. And you still got 495th. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, I would have, if I didn't qualify, I would have been uh, like a bit bummed about that. Um, and I, I would have been bummed about it. But, you know, if it had been in any other year where I was like gunning for a spot at the games, which I'm not really like, I'm, I'm just, I like, I'm just competing for fun, literally for fun. If I, if they said no, I just would have been like, oh, cop that on the chin and just move on. Um, but if it had been any other year, I probably would have been pretty just dis like distressed about it all. Um, but this year, because I'm, I'm only competing for the fun of it and to get around cool people, just, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have kept me up at night. How many dudes go from uh, Australia? 30 no no i'm oh, sorry to the games three okay and so and you took third place who, who who beat you was it jay and ricky oh shit ricky's gone mm. okay these 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 phoebe apart you have phoebe partners uh i've got yeah one fiber partner fiber fiber partner yeah. Uh, now, now listen. Has, has this guy talked to you and tell you to quit being so laissez-faire that this could uh, increase sales if you get your shit to the games? Like, hey, quit fucking around, dude. Well, Ricky's I toast. Jay Crouch, you can get in his head. He's young. He's great, but he's young. You just tell him, like, hey, I slept with your wife or something. Throw him nah, off and, and win the thing. Look, 
Well, what's required for me in Fiverr is like I do a lot of the organizing of the events. I do a lot of organizing for the podcast. I do a lot of organizing for um, other bits and pieces. So I'm actually running a Fiverr stall at the Torian Pro. So I'll be running the, the, the stall with a few other people that I'll help get help You from. ain't running shit, dude. <laughs> you'd be running in lane in lane six or whatever the one in the middle is what are you talking about running yeah a so well i actually did this at down under too so i ran a, a no a, shit yeah i did it down under and we ended up um it was me royce and the young fella jack jack jeffries they asked me to jump in the team to uh fill in for swanny brandon swan and i was running a stall there too so i would run down do the work i said boys you got to come grab me when you need me i'd run down warm up go out do the workout run back up and then it's like people would come past the store and be like, didn't we just see you on the floor? I was just like, yeah, I'm like lactate still to my bloody eyeballs. Yes, I'm still out of breath from the workout just then. But you're I literally going to do that at the Torian Pro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fiber's my priority. Fiber is fiber. Like, I've had isn't, isn't going to the games though really bent? I mean, it's got to be. Are you guys going to get a booth at the games? Nah, we, I couldn't afford it. So, we're in a transition period at the moment. So Matt, Matt, my, uh, I'm my triggered. Report. I'm triggered by that word transition. We're having some issues here in the States. Please use another word. <laughs> okay. So with, with, um, with fiber. Uh, so Matt, Matt is really passionate about creating really cool raw materials and trademark materials, things like gut matrix, which we put in our fiber product. He really wants to spend time focusing on those types of things where he can create fun and uh, healthy options for postbiotics and other bits and pieces of that nature. I'm really fired up about fiber. So he's going to move more into that direction and I'm going to move more into taking over fiber moving forward. So fiber is my my entire soul and being at the moment and will be moving forward. Um, whereas Matt will um, help advise me on how to formulate what things to, to do. And he'll I'll basically contract him to help me with certain things here in education and creating tech data and all that type of stuff. And he's going to then focus on some other things that really fires him up because the last thing I want to do is do something that I'm not passionate about. And the last thing I want for Matt and the last thing Matt wants to do is do something that he's not super passionate about and plant-based like plant-based supplements are my, that's what I want to, uh, that's what I want to put out and, and expose to the public is how good plants are and how much they can help you. Matt wants to create things that are innovative and things that are, are not even done yet, inventions. He wants to create inventions. So he can really put his efforts there. And so for the fiber stand itself, yes, it is very good if I do go to the CrossFit Games as an athlete, but I have been there before. I know what is required, but I'm also getting so much joy and I get mm. a spark every day I get out of bed by getting up and working on fiber as a business because it gives me options and i'm always looking for options i want options to be able to go surf the mentalities i want options to be able to go and have an experience in a different country or go to a race somewhere i want to be able to educate people on ways that they can improve their health their lifestyle their nutrition ways that they can increase performance ways that they can be joyful because i know what it feels like i know what it feels like to get out of bed and just be fired up and i want more people to feel the same way and if I can just talk about personal experience rather than factual stuff that, you know, comes from a textbook, I can just say, hey, look, this is what works for me. If this resonates with you, great. Take someone board, leave what you don't like. 
You don't want to be a salesman. You want to just, you want to tell your story and and, and have it be, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I, and I do, you know what? And the reason why I believe that I did semi, like did pretty good in the quarterfinals is because I didn't put a gross amount of pressure on myself to, I have to be a great business person and I have to be a great athlete at the same time. I just said, business is priority. I'm going to work out for fun and I'm going to compete and train for fun. And when I'm having fun, I'm doing much better. I would rather come into a competition 10% less fit and in a brilliant mindset than come into a competition as fit, as cardiovascularly fit as possible, as fine-tuned as possible, but dragging my feet because I'm not mentally with it or I'm de-stimulated or I'm not aroused to the right degree. Is, is part of you a little um, uh, uh, concerned that you are going to qualify? Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of <laughs> sense that from you in a way. Like you're little, yeah, like yeah. you're like, oh shit, I fucking have jumped into the portal. Yeah. I, but, I, like, like you're just going to slip through and you're going to be like, fuck, I'm here again. Yeah. <laughs> what a crazy, what? God, you're a nut. What a crazy life you're living. I will embrace it. If that comes up, I will embrace it with two hands. In the, in the start, when someone first asked me, it's like, fuck James, you could fucking qualify for the CrossFit Games. I was just like, holy shit, I don't think I would take the ticket. I think I would have to give it away because I do not have time. But when I did say that, I was under the pump. And I am under the pump now, but now I'm thinking about it. It's just like, you know what? That would be a cool experience to see how I would juggle that and the type of the type of things I would have to generate out of myself things that i would have to create that type of stimulus excites me because i don't know what i would have to do to accomplish both of those things at the same time but there's only one way to find out what would you um who, are you doing anyone's oh you're just doing the affiliate programming that you go to now and supplement yeah. with and you're supplementing with some sprinting yeah and if you, how much do you weigh right now uh same weight 87 kilos i have been for my whole crossfit career and um, if you, when you were training with uh, Tia in 2021, when you were there, where did you, did you, you lived in Nashville and where did you live? Lived at Tia's house. And wh- wow. And wh- where will you live? Um, thank you. Uh, 191, 192. Thank you, Caleb. 192 pounds. How tall are you? Here we go. Uh, 177, 178 on a good day after a back crack. Back, a back crack. Um, and, and. Where would you live? Would you go back to Nashville uh, prep, to prep for the games? Um, it depends on where the business was at, at this point in time. We're about to launch three new products at the moment. So the next three months is going to be pretty hectic in terms of what is required of me. And I'm traveling so much to try and get the word out there and to get the groundwork happening. So it would all depend on that. But I'd probably try and get out there instead of going out two and a half months early or say 10 weeks early like I did last time. I'd probably try and get out there maybe two or th- three weeks. Three weeks would probably be the sweet spot, two and a half weeks early. Um, and I'd probably try and do most of my training here. But I'm thinking if I did, like let's just say a miracle happens, planets align and I qualify, I might just get really good at one thing just so I can take out a winning one workout. Oh, that would be cool. Just like just get really mega good at just one thing and hopefully it, and just, you know, luck of the roll of the dice that pops up at the games and there is a thing. But maybe I just get to become a better runner or something like that. And hopefully I run like a flat stick 10 K pops up and I try and take the win. Yeah. I went, uh, I, um, I wonder how you would have done it. What, what you weren't there last year. 
No. I wonder how you would have done it. That that one that uh, Travis Mayer fucking ran away with when he was running. Was uh, that the um the Capitol? I think it's called. Yeah, I did look at that workout. That is, yeah, it's right up my alley. Yeah, it's pretty um, yummy for I, you, huh? A lot of people. This is the thing. A lot of people, including myself, is like that workout is right up my alley. Uh-huh. And then when you're in the spot and you're doing it there on the spot, sometimes it is not up your alley, and you think it from afar because you're comfortable sitting on your couch where there's no stress, it's cool, you've got air conditioning on, oh, I'd crush that workout and you get there and you're just like, oh shit, this is way harder than I expected. So I would also be in that mindset as well as that that did look hard and it looked gross, but it in terms of a workout situation, that type of stuff is what I would look for in a workout for me. Look at Jack Mosley. Uh, get really good at skipping. Something weird with the jump rope is coming up. Uh, Sevon has no clue what 177 is. Just fake it. Did you say 177? Oh, oh, it's uh, centimeters? Yeah, I have no fucking clue. Yeah. 5'9". Five 5'9". Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, now I know, bitch. 5'9", clock. <laughs> we have, I have a hostile relationship with the uh, with my cohort, with my friends here in the chat. Um, uh, Chris uh, uh, Whiteman, uh, he smashed the run at the Torian last year. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't – I was actually leading into Torian last year. So Torian's in May – I didn't do, I had a, so Torian's in May, prior to that, back in December, I had the powerlifting comp. And then after that, I did no training um, leading up to uh, Waterpalooza because I was focused on some other things. With what does gym. that mean, no training? Like I was just maybe, I wasn't doing any CrossFit training. I did zero CrossFit sessions. Um, I was. I Would you I still was- get up at 427 and be at the gym by 530? No, so this was back before, this was like 20, 2021 how do you not train don't you have to sweat every day uh back then i wasn't doing that much like now yes i do every day it's a foundational point in my day but back then i was just doing random stuff so i was like renovating i was i was doing other things i was surfing um so that i guess you can call that training if you want um but i didn't i know i think i was maybe squatting like once or twice a week and then i didn't i wasn't doing any metcons and then I did, I said to Khan, because Khan asked me to be in the Waterpalooza team with him and Jay Crouch. And then Jay pulled out and then Matty Delugos jumped in and we ended up getting second. And I, cause I was so fearful that I would let the team down. I was just like, boys, I just want you to know that I'm coming. I'll come, I'll compete. I'll be in the team. I'll do it. But I'm just letting you know, I've done no CrossFit for months. Like I'm not in a fit state. I said, Were you sore as shit after that? I was pretty sore. Yeah, I was pretty sore. I was pretty sore by the third day. Um, that, by that Sunday, I was just like, I think we were starting, I think we started having a couple of, a couple of beers by like 10 AM in the morning, but I was like, kind of made me feel good because I was pretty sore. And, I mean, during the events, you had a few beers. Yeah. We, cause only because we, cause there was a big storm that came through and we thought it was all going to get canceled. And so we cracked a couple of Coronas and then realized that we're going to come still compete, but it was going to be just later on in the day. We thought we were getting canceled completely. And then it ended up not being the case. Wow. So we ended up, but, um, we we were just kind of having uh, celebratory drinks, and then yeah, next thing we know, it's like oh, we're actually going to compete. We've got two more events left. It's like that. But um, so at that point in time, once Waterpalooza finished, I think between the time of Waterpalooza, yeah, there we go. Between the time of Waterpalooza and May, so January through to May, I think I did a dozen CrossFit sessions between those two points, and I was getting ready. So that that seventy point three Ironman that you showed before. I was getting ready for that Ironman. So I was just doing a bit of running, 
bit of biking and a bit of swimming. So I was doing maybe two bike sessions, two swimming sessions and two run sessions leading up to Torian for a few months. And then I'd CrossFit maybe once every fortnight. It's crazy. But and, 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 in saying that, I'm doing a lot more now. Like I'm doing well, in saying a lot more now, I'm doing four sessions a week of CrossFit. Yeah, it's crazy. And, 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 you're, and you're working out in classes. Yeah, I love class. Like I don't do any extracurricular programming or anything like that. It doesn't fire me up. I'm not like super. I did it so hard for so long. Like I pull out my program for 10 years straight or 12 years. I keep saying 10 years. It's 12 years. This is my 13th CrossFit season. Um, so I just love going, jumping into class because like I'll show you my, quickly just show you my whiteboards here. Like I've got whiteboards just filled with, whiteboards filled with stuff that occupies my mind and I want to make Fiverr the most beautiful company I possibly can and I get really laser focused on this type of stuff and I know that if I try and do everything to its fullest capacity I will overload my stress bucket and I'll be good to nobody including myself I will be worthless so going and doing class allows me to walk in the door take my thinking cap off and allow the coach to tell me what to do. And I just do it. I literally just say, okay, you want me to do Fran? Okay, we're doing Fran. You want me to do back squats? Okay, I'm doing back squats. I don't have to care about the result. I don't have to care about how much emphasis I need to put or what purpose I need to do for my thrusters. I don't have to care about the purpose behind this and this and this and this because I'm caring about that purpose for fiber all day long and ways that I can make sure that that is carried out to the best degree possible. And by doing classes, I feel like I get a better result by doing that because, again, if I overload that stress bucket, I'll be a worse athlete, I'll be a worse business owner, I'll be a worse friend, I'll be a worse um, son, I'll be a worse everything. I just Nothing will compute well. And I've been there before. I've been to the point of burnout before where I'm not fired up to do what I want and I know the feeling of what it feels like to be so fired up about the things that you're doing and I want to hold on to that. And I know that if I overdo it, I will lose that feeling. So I'm not going to overdo it. And I've become okay with the fact that I don't have to just, I don't have to be training three hours a day to be satisfied in what I'm doing. And I don't have to train three hours a day to maintain a very good level of fitness. It's almost like you, you're, you have your cake and you're eating it. Um, who will you take, give your coach's card to if you go to the, uh, the games? I have no idea. I have no idea. I haven't even thought that far ahead yet. I've like, I've got a mate, Dave, He's going to come up and he's going to do a uh, Torian with me. Um, but we'll probably, we're going to both be like going down there. He'll like help me navigate. Like when Dave comes to, um, so he's done a few regionals with me before back in the day. And our kind of dynamic when we go to things like this, like Torian or regionals, um, he's just there. I said, just keep it lighthearted, man. I said, just make jokes, crack jokes. Don't take things too serious. Just tell me when I should get up and start moving around. But other than that, just keep me on point, keep me to a schedule and then just literally just make me laugh the entire weekend because I just want it to be really like cruisy and smooth. Um, but in terms of he works as a fiery, so he probably won't be able to come to the games. But in terms of the games, I have no idea. Not sure yet. I haven't even really thought about it. Call, but, call, call her high. Sorry? Hello, Savan. Hello, James. Hello, Mr. Beaver. Hey, buddy. How this are you? Uh, Angelo from Bolivia. Bolivia, cool. I'm glad to finally listen to uh, the podcast with Savan. Yes, I was asking Savan to have you on the show. I imagine other people ask for you as well. 
huge okay. fan of your work. You're calling, um, you're calling from Bolivia? Yeah, are, you, are, yeah. are you in a bathroom also? A bathroom in Bolivia? No. Oh. I'm in my office. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. We, we just have, it's, it's, it's just a tough reception. What was your name? Um, Angel. Who? My name is Angelo. Oh, Angelo. Angelo. Well, hey, th thank you. Uh, thanks for yeah. thank you. So you're the one who recommended James to me. Oh, sorry, can you hear you well? You recommended James to me. I just wanted to say thank you. Yes, yes, I did recommend you. Yeah. Uh, and what did I'm I say? Did I did I say fuck? No, I'm not having that Aussie on here. Or did I? Was I like? Was I nice? No, you you were nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, you said that uh, you didn't know James. You've been around in the same places as him, but didn't know him. Oh, well, perfect. I'm glad my stories are consistent. Well, thank you for calling. Do you have a question for James, or shall I hang up on you? Yes, I, I would love to ask one question to James. I'm a vegetarian myself, um, yeah. and I'm, I, I follow uh, James' Instagram and his uh, social network about being vegan. Um, if you have any advice, uh, I do cross it. Um, right now I'm following uh, Mayhem programming, hacking fucking hard, <laughs> but um, been loving uh, the programming. But if, if you have any advice uh, for vegetarians or vegans doing CrossFit, um, in the nutritional aspect, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, mate, for sure. So the the most basic part of the nutrition that I like to tell people because I am not a nutritionist. I'm just going to preface this with, I'm not a nutritionist, a dietitian or a naturopath. I have no degrees in any of that stuff, but personal, personal feelings as to what has worked for me. Things that I highly recommend is when you're starting off in a vegetarian, vegan diet, or you're looking to go more plant-based and you might not even be excluding animal products completely. Don't get rid of everything all at once. Just add in more plants. So Try and aim for 20 different varieties of plants per week. And then when you can do that, go to 25, go to 30. 30 is usually a sweet spot for most people. But then if you can get 35 or 40 different varieties of plants in per week, you're doing well. You might eat one of those once a week. You might eat one of those plants 10 times a week. But count them towards your, your total plant goal. And that's going to help get you a wide variety of different phytochemicals, nutrients, prebiotic fibers, polyphenols, all the good stuff. Now, on top of that, I would always recommend people to take care of their macronutrients to a degree. Once you become familiar with how much protein you need, typically for someone who's doing CrossFit and doing CrossFit hard, just take your lean body mass or your goal weight and then times it by say 1.8 grams per kilo. From there, once you have set your protein goal, try and hit that on a daily basis, roughly, roughly. It doesn't have to be pinpoint. And then after that, be intuitive with your carbohydrates and fats. Your body should tell you when I feel like I need more fat today. I feel like I need more carbs today. I'm about to go do this CrossFit workout. You're going to need carbohydrates. Once you've got that enveloped and you've got that concise, the other two things that I highly recommend adding into a daily diet is some type of fermented foods. So whether it's kimchi, sauerkraut, or pickled ginger, add in some type of postbiotic fermented food. That is great. The other thing I would recommend adding in on a daily basis is a wide variety of sprouts, alfalfa sprouts, broccoli sprouts, chickpea sprouts. Get as many different types of sprouts in as you possibly can. 
then you're getting you're encompassing so much phytochemical goodness and then you're kind of covering all your bases and then when you do those 40 different plants you're going to get be getting in a wide variety of colors fragrances and pigments you're getting in your sprouts which are covering a huge spectrum there too that's part of the 40 you're getting in some fermented foods you're covering your macronutrient targets which is your protein carbs and fats and after that mate the rest is kind of just um icing on the cake um the rest of it make sure you, your hydration is on point but in terms of navigating a plant-based diet and trying to train hard focus on those things you'll do really well great question thank you wow oh thank you Savan. thank you james thank you angelo and good luck with uh thing uh, i thank you appreciate it appreciate it ciao yeah. Hey, uh, can you get fiber in the United States? Yeah, I can post it over. So we're posting it over there at the moment, but we're actually, we're going to be bringing some stock over there in about six weeks time that'll be actually housed there. So that's one of the things I'm working on at the moment. It's taking up a bit of, bit of my time, but at the moment we're trying to get some there. And is there anything in the ingredients that you felt like you had to compromise on? You're like, no, I cannot have that in there. Zero. It is like I'm so stoked and whilst it's just a protein and yes, protein is processed like a plant, like a, a protein powder is a processed ingredient or a processed food. So we talk about trying to eat minimally processed, but I feel like a protein powder is a really good way to bump up your protein and get what you need. If you're under the pump. Now in the ingredients in fiber, we have eight ingredients. We have organic pea protein. We have watermelon seed, pumpkin seed, sunflower seed protein. There are four protein blends. The reason why we use, sunflower seed, pumpkin seed, and watermelon seed, which is a fairly unique blend, is because they have an abundance of leucine, tryptophan, some things that you typically don't get in plant proteins regularly. So we bumped up the amino acid profile there. The other thing that we added in was coconut oil powder that helps with a bit of texture. Another thing we did to add to the texture profile was we gave it an ultra-fine milling process. So in that ultra-fine milling process, it brings the particle size down. And so once that particle size is brought down, there's less surface tension on the outside of the dehydrated protein molecule. So it hydrates a little bit quicker. So typically if you have plant proteins, they're a little bit grainy, sandy, or chalky, that's because they haven't been ground fine enough and typically are quite hard to then rehydrate. So we combated that with an ultra fine milling process. The other thing that we have in there is a thing called gut matrix, which is a combination of a prebiotic aloe vera glucomannan fiber. We also have in there three probiotics and those probiotics were uh, Ramnosus, Plantarum, and Lactus. We fermented those to get. We fermented those together in a fermentation lab here on the Gold Coast. Um, that generated a bunch of really cool enzymes, short chain fatty acid compounds, all the postbiotic chemicals. And then we also collected that with the pre and the probiotics, put it all back into the protein, and then we sweetened it with a bit of stevia. It seems like you could have cut out that last part, just and and, and made more money. It seems <laughs> like yeah, the stevia. No. The, oh, the, yeah, the the fermented the fermented yeah like it's cool oh, yeah. that you're like i'm just saying it's cool that you did that like you could have just cut that part out and been like fuck that it's too expensive well the the, the key the key factor here is when we when i was looking at the foundations of a plant protein that i really really wanted was amino acid profile taste texture digestion and oh every, the di and the digestion part yeah you kind of went the extra mile and that's the key because I don't want to make a product that I'm not passionate about. I don't want to make a product I'm not willing to use myself or want to use myself. I want to make products I want to use. And 
everything that we're looking at now in terms of performance, mental clarity, how to turbocharge your life to feel happy and excited, it all stems from a healthy gut microbiome and the surrounding factors around that. So if we can if we can have a positive impact on the gut whilst we're taking a protein powder, yes, why the hell not? So adding gut matrix in, which is a uh, which is a, a formulation or an ingredient, an invention that Matt created. Um, that was something that we're just like, yes, this is going to make people, whilst it does, it's a very expensive ingredient for us to add. It's our, one of our most expensive ingredients in there. It's actually like per kilo is way above anything else. It is expensive, but it is good for you. So why not? Absolutely. Um, you said you're adding three new products. Is it, is it flavors you're adding? So we have a new flavor coming, which is going to be a strawberry plant protein. But the other, we have three other products coming too that are a little bit different and unique um, that cover some other different bases along the way as well. Interesting. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty funky. They're pretty funky. Why do you say that? Can you tell me anything about them? Yeah, I can give you a um, a bit of a lowdown. You'll actually be the first first podcast to to hear it. Um, okay. So good. Have three new products on the way that will be coming out hopefully in the next few weeks. We have one that's called so it's in the greens powder space. So it's a phyto a phyto blend, but it's not green. It's brown and it's called Super Browns. So it's a little bit of a play on words. Obviously, brown is not the most appealing color, but we also don't believe that why like why ever was green, you know, given this uh, this pedestal to sit on as the healthiest color we believe in a wholesome variety a rainbow in the diet and that includes green that includes purple that includes blue yellow red brown all of the cool stuff all of the stuff that is going to invigorate the gut microbiome to do good stuff and to help create these really cool postbiotic materials and that includes things like diatomaceous earth that includes things like mineral pitch that includes things like pine bark oak bark flowers peels uh, watercress, it's got astragalus, ashwagandha, it's got all these really cool compounds that have been shown to add to somewhere. It's a whole body tonic. So it's not just a greens powder that you can just have and then you can replace your broccoli. It's something that's just going to be the icing on the cake or an insurance policy to an already good diet. And again, these supplements are the 1%. You need to be getting your bulk of your sustenance your nutrition from your food this is just an added bonus that you may not be getting in a modern day diet that is uh depleted of vitamins and minerals this is just an added bonus this is something you can add to it to spike that up and to get these really cool compounds happening things like schizandra and pomegranate um things like uh what else have we got in there there's a million and one things some things like maca is in there too so you're getting a really wide variety of phytobiotic chemicals in here, which is super, super cool. So that's the super browns. That's a very fascinating product. And that's the first of its kind because no one's really gone down that path. People do a reds or a greens or a yellows, but this is all together. Um, another really cool product that we're doing is going to be a non, a non-stim pre-workout or a pre-trainer. I actually would prefer to call it an energy tonic. It is an energy tonic. Um, and it is a really funky blend of things like schizandra pomegranate tributrin so postbiotic butyrates um we also have some citrulline in there uh we also have uh some mineral pitch in there as well so this is the is there caffeine in there there's no caffeine so prefer to i like to get my caffeine from my coffee because i love coffee sure so 
yep, I'd rather do a, a an espresso or a piccolo or something like that. Um, so you can also add this. If you wanted to add it to your coffee, you could have it alongside your coffee. You could add it into your coffee. You could also um, add it to your pre-workout. If you love a pre-workout that's going to give you a buzz, you can mix it with that. So a bit of an add-on. Um, and it'll just help it work better because the idea behind Yeet Perfect, it's called Yeet Perfect, is to stimulate mitochondrial biogenesis. So things like pomegranate have things called allagitannins, which are down the fermentation pipeline, create things like urolithins. And urolithins have been shown to help encourage the mitochondria to produce more energy warehouses per cell. So we're trying to create genuine cellular energy instead of giving you that fake energy feel, just pepping you up on caffeine and making you feel like you're working out really hard and getting fluttery and anxious and all that type of stuff. We're already stressed as it is. So we don't want to put more burden on the adrenals and that type of fight or flight stimulus. This is something that you could take as a daily energy tonic to promote cellular health, but you could also double dose it down and go and do a wicked workout with it. And it's going to promote genuine cellular energy and help to enhance that redox pathway and help to drive that unused burnt fuel or that burnt fuel back into the Krebs cycle to re to reinvigorate it and go again. Now that's another really funky product. So that could be used as a longevity tonic and a pre-trainer as well. It seems like you're going to have to educate people. Oh, we, I have so much content just ready to dish out. I've got, okay. I've got hours of footage on all of this stuff. that is just sitting there in a bank waiting to go. I just need to collate it and to distribute it properly when we pull the trigger but the last one and i don't need to touch on the last one for too long please no please it's um it's a really it's a really cool it's a gut only tonic it's actually gut matrix as almost a standalone but it just comes with some organic bulbab fiber so just something that's going to increase organic ball bag fiber bulbab fiber yeah bulbab yeah bulbab fiber and like the tree like the tree in africa that's the one yep that's it no shit. So basically we've If you haven't seen this tree, this might be the most beautiful tree in the history of the planet. Maybe with the giant sequoias could rival. This is the craziest tree you've ever seen in your fucking yeah. life. Look yeah. at that Kenyu, the bow bow tree. Do you have those in Australia? No, we don't have them in Australia. We actually get it in, but I tried tree... to grow one here in California. I couldn't. I was, oh, I was unsuccessful. Wow. Well, they actually have a really beautiful fiber that has been shown to really turbocharge our gut microbes. They feast on it and then they create all these really cool compounds, um, which we're trying to implement and trying to get the gut microbes to do. We want to be able to feed them and turbocharge them. And when we finally turbocharge those gut microbes, all these fascinating things are happening to the body. So it's like still an early space. We don't know everything yet, um, especially me, um, but it's, it's something that has been, has been looked at. It's going to be studied a lot more, but in terms of, and that's going to be called fluorophyll. So fluorophyll with a pH, um, and that's basically just a gut tonic. So if you just want to, you know, give your gut a little bit of a, a hug, <laughs> take some fluorophyll. It's good. Sir, you think he was saying banyan tree? I think you are you saying banyan or baobab? It's it's baobab. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay, we call baobab here in the in the state. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, I I spent a shitload of time in Africa. Those trees are blow your mind yeah yeah blow your mind it doesn't even look real you're in a dr seuss fucking land and they're yeah massive yeah it's a, it's a dr seuss tree and it's it's um yeah it's for, two different yes yeah two different things yeah, yeah. the the like india sorry uh, i think i saw a lot of banyans in india uh you don't a lot of travel everywhere 
yeah, yeah, I, I love know. it. I, I love, yeah, yeah I love, I freaking love it. And the Banyans, I think it's, yeah. Ah, that's, yeah, that's funky tree. I think I've also seen something like that in um, Southeast Asia and Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. It's all India to me. I, um, I, 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 when you said you were my thirties, I just traveled all over the world, like working, making films. And I went everywhere. It's like from 30 to 40. I just went, I went to horrible places. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Bruce. Yes. As everyone knows all. Yeah. Thank you. Listen, listen, I'm like a broken fucking record. These guys know all seven continents, uh, 49 States. Yeah. (laughs) Took the Russian icebreaker to Antarctica, all that. Um, that's awesome. You know what, you know what I filmed? I filmed this movie called desert runners. Um, and it, it took place in, uh, you might, you might, have you heard of the, the four deserts run? No, no. It's, ba- it's, it's they, these people run across, um, the Atacama and Chile, they run across Antarctica, they run across the Sahara in Egypt, wow. and then they run across, um, the, that what's the fucking one in China? Um, what's the desert in China? Anyone, anyone? Gobi, the Gobi. Oh, the Gobi Desert. Yeah, anyway, right. that was that was one of, and, and so I just thought maybe you'd know it because you're a runner. It's one of those horrific runs that I don't know why people. You have to carry all your food and shit with you, and it's like a you know ten day run. It's yeah, Gobi. Thank you, Clark. Well, I think I want to um, but at the end of the year, I think I want to go to Edinburgh and do. I think there's a hundred miler in Edinburgh, and I've never done an ultra. I've never done anything longer than a marathon. I've done a handful of marathons, but one of the guys there was just like, man. You should come over and just have a crack. His name's um, Fergus Crawley. Um, he does a bit of bit of stuff too in the hybrid space. And he's like, mate, just come and do your first one as a hundred miler. He goes, we'll do it together. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a blast. Like, so, you want to hear something crazy? That movie premiered. Guess where? Australia, Ed- Edinburgh. Oh, what? really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ed- Edinburgh Film no Festival. Yeah, yeah, crazy. That's cool. Hey, um, you're always welcome on the show. What a, what a great, oh, h- how fun, uh, how fun to, to finally meet you. You're a cool dude. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I've had such a blast. Like that has gone so quick. I'm looking at the time and I'm just like, wow, that just flew by. So thank you. You, you said, you said in the, in the call that you're willing to uh, talk about anything and go anywhere. And that's like a bold statement, right? Like you got people like Conor McGregor saying he'll fight anyone. And it's like, that's pretty impressive too, but saying you'll talk about anything and, and I, and I really feel that from you and, and I, um, I appreciate that. Oh, no worries. Yeah. I'm yeah. always keen for a good chat. Good chin wag. Chin, good chin wag. All right, brother. Uh, you have my phone number. Um, as I tell all my favorite guests, uh, which is about half of them, um, <laughs> you, you feel free to text me anytime. If there's anything I can ever do for you, if you're ever out West, uh, let's hang out and, and have a face to face chin wag. Love and it. or if, and if you need a uh, my, my exact dosage of arginine and Vicodin, let me know. I'll give you a, great. Hey, I, I may just need that. Oh, look, Bakey's on board. There he is. <laughs> there he is. Uh, there Bakey. he is. Set aside three hours and fifteen minutes, mate. You're a little bit late. <laughs> I gotta get. Uh, if you see Wiki, uh, tell him. Uh, sweet talk him. Tell him it was fun. I got. I'd love to have Wiki on the podcast. I need to make that happen. Yeah, he, he would have a blast on here too. Yeah, he definitely should. He's probably been editing some of my podcasts. Bakey films are my podcast for me as well. So he's probably been doing some podcasting for me the last three hours. All right, brother. Thank you. And uh, may our paths uh, cross again soon. Absolutely, they will. Thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to catching up in person. Cheers. We'll be watching you do uh, semifinals. No pressure. Let's go. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, Vikey, pronounce Vikey. Okay, fine, Vikey.
Jeffrey uh, Birchfield, um, thank you for being here, James. Appreciate the chin wag. Look at that, accommodating his English. Savon, have you seen the uh, Training Think Tank podcast with Brent Fikowski? No. I think I need to invite Brent on the show. Um, I invited him once before, and he said he would think about it. And I, it, I feel like there's some hostility between us that shouldn't be there. I feel like I should have he he should give me a chance to like uh, be nice to him before I die. I'm old, so it's sort of like my dying wish. <laughs> it's kind of true. Kind of, it's like that's like the sentiment of what I'm saying is true. That the actual story is is a fucking lie. But um, yeah, was it good? Okay. I didn't even know they had people like that. He like just came down for a training camp, I think. And so they interviewed him. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just weird between me and people. Cause I'm just, I'm kind of a, a I'm a, I'm a, so opinionated. And it comes across like I told my friend, I didn't like weddings. I thought they were stupid and tools of the man. And he's like my best friend. And then I didn't even get invited to his wedding. I was like, fuck, I wish I wouldn't have said that to him because, like, I really wanted to go to his wedding. Like, I fucked myself <laughs> by having that, uh, that opinion. Eccentric. I don't know. Not really. I told you, I don't like the Cheerio. I'm, I'm just normal. I want to I try that stuff, too. Gemma. That was the mom's name in Sons of Anarchy. Gemma. Wasn't it? I've never seen that. I have no idea. What time is it where you're at, Caleb? Uh, almost one. In the morning. Oh, fuck. Did you get in trouble from your wife for being up this late? No. She's cool. All right. She's always gone anyway, so it doesn't matter. All right. Um, Stefan, if I ever get married again, I'll invite you. All right. Thank you. Okay, everyone. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, Caleb and I will be here bright and early. Do you work tomorrow? No, but I don't know if I'll be here. I'd like to invite you on the podcast. Oh, tomorrow's Saturday. Mm-hmm. Oh, 7 a.m. Right. Uh, are you going to watch UFC this weekend? Max Holloway and, and that English guy, Allen. That's going to be an insane fight. Yeah, I'll probably watch it. That's going to be insane. By the way, everyone, that's a free fight. And uh, Max Holloway's like, Max Holloway's unfucking real. And this guy he's fighting is new. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be unreal. Um, I've become notorious for uh, falling asleep on the co-main event. So you have been, yeah. So we'll see if I make it. Do you have a nice chair? No, I've just been like laying down and watching it, and then I'm just like out. Caleb does what he wants. Ooh, so Caleb, Caleb <laughs> does what he wants. Well, thank you. One fucking guy called in from Bolivia. Thanks for the help, you dildos. Thank God James fucking talks. Thanks for the help. I feel like they don't want to interrupt. I know. They're so Conversation good. just flows super well sometimes, and then people just are enamored with what's being said and don't want to interject their own conversation. I, I think they just want to be abused. They just want me to call them dildos. Oh, or that, yeah. They just sure. like it. Everyone likes it. My mom tried to tell me, like, hey, I think my mom or my sister was like, hey, don't yell at your audience. I'm like, no, no, they like it. Everyone likes, everyone likes it good. <laughs> they yell at us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what were we supposed to say to a vegan? We were trying to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's great. Oh, uh, yeah, there were some pretty nasty vegan comments in there. Jesus, the show is three hours, asshole. I understand. Look at Caleb, why are you being so mean to me? <laughs> okay. 
Uh, love you guys. Uh, see you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, you know, usual topics of fun, uh, racism, abortion, uh, you know, all my all my favorite uh, topics. We'll make sure to cover them. Trannies, um, loving people, wisdom, uh, why Jesus hasn't spoke to me yet, uh, things like that, the usual morning show. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.